Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer. For years to come, try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. You're listening to the Room 104 Podcast. FM 104. On tonight's show, where is your happy place? As Ireland has been ranked in the top 15 of happiest countries in the world. Pokerface is back with singer-songwriter Fintan McCahey and later on Marvin Hitchman talks to us about his traumatic childhood 20-year crack addiction and how he managed to get clean and turn it all around. This is Room 104. FM 104. Hey Kev, it's hey, Tuesday. Trish. Oh, she's singing, that means it. she's in a good form. I am. <laughs> yeah. I am. What, what, you know, what is it about you? I just can't put my finger on it. I think it's the vitamins. The I think it's the vitamins. The vit so, I've decided to turn my life around. Turning a new leaf, are you? <laughs> Turning a new leaf. On the 22nd of March, 2022. Oh my God, it's all the twos again. Oh my God, don't say that. <laughs> Sorry, yes. So good luck coming up in a sec. Yeah. Well, in an hour. Yeah, I think oh, so. Okay, okay, yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. We need to make our wishes now and make sure all of these come true. <laughs> come true. Okay, so what what have you done differently? So what I've decided to do is start taking multivitamins okay. and really keeping on top of it, like my probiotics. Mm. No, I only started yesterday. But that's not the start point. Start as you mean to go on. Yeah. And the fact is, I feel like I'm feeling the results already. So I, I know it's only it been you. a day. Right. Am I glowing? Am I glowing? You are positively glowing. You said that with your eyes closed. <laughs> <laughs> Which means you lie. No, 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 no. There, I, there's, a, there's a... like, I, it's, I, it's unbelievable the difference between you now and you a little while ago. No, it was very hot earlier on so maybe the glow you're seeing is just a little <laughs> bit of perspiration the sweat beads <laughs> just but a little but still but still but still no my insights feel good my skin is getting there and uh-huh. I think that's what made me want to start this in the first place because I don't know what's going on but I'm breaking out I'm never one of these people that you know breaks out regularly but now all of a sudden I'm like having adult acne where is it coming from mm. I don't know mm-hmm. hormonal changes I've been told oh dear so yeah I've just started taking the cod liver oil oh. um, Multivitamins That doesn't go down so easy Does it? Well in the little tablets Oh it's in the tablet when, form yeah, Okay that's alright When right. I was younger yeah. My granny used to torture us With the spoon With the spoon oh, We'd have to line up And yeah. she would feed us Oh I can taste it like, already Oh god Even the smell of it now sm- Makes me feel A little bit nauseous I know It's kind of slimy Going Ooh. down your throat And, and why does it stink? And you know Sometimes when you burp 
you get that kind oh, of Trish. that it comes back oh, up just eating it just never goes away oh my Kim. god you're right but with the tablets it's much better okay. little, little capsules you pop it in yeah forget about it okay. now you, your advice never to take these on an empty stomach because the gases in your stomach can cause all sorts yeah. and yesterday it was prior to my meal because it's like an actual plastic capsule like isn't it kind of plasticky or well it melts away I with know, the stomach acid so it's not plastic, plastic. okay it looks like it though <laughs> it does imagine if they were given that to, uh, I wouldn't be surprised I know. but no it's not plastic it's, okay. it's just yeah it's just a little film you know when you get um, those stitches sometimes in if you go to the doctor you hurt your yeah. and they stitch you up and the thread they use kind of dissolves it's yeah. that same material it oh. just dissolves with your own bodily fluids I see that makes sense okay very good yeah, I'm no doctor but I know that <laughs> so yeah no just feeling better feeling better today and I just thought you know what I'm gonna I'm gonna keep it going and see are you? what happens are you really gonna keep I it going I am I want to have better nails and better hair and better oh, skin man. and just just Got feel nails? better They've started to get really brittle. And again, I don't know why all of this is happening. I can't tell you if it's... Like, I'm not that old. Listen, I'm in my early 30s. Most of these things come down to diet, Trish, I think. Don't they? What are you putting in your body? The coffee, so it's yeah. Coming. Yeah, maybe that's that's the issue. Oh, I forgot to make you a, a double, <laughs> double, triple, quadruple. Well, I can keep the show going okay. if you want. Like, <laughs> if you want to step out on shortly. <laughs> but yeah, no, feeling good and feeling mm. alive and much better at the old concentration. You know, ah. sometimes, sometimes I can be a little bit scatty, um, and I don't know if that was because of the change. Um, I don't know what the change is. I just say, you know, you get to a certain point and your hormones just take a different different turn okay. as a woman. Okay. I'm not nowhere near menopause. Don't no, even I, look like, at me. What is she talking? <laughs> no, Am I supposed yeah. to know? No, no, no. You you aren't supposed <laughs> okay. to know. I'm here to educate you. Oh, thanks. It's just about being a lady. I and see. apparently, yeah, your, your cells and everything regenerate and hormones change. It's stuff that they just don't tell you, you know, at birth. Like when you pop out as a woman, you should just get a manual. And they should be like, "Here oh are God. all the things that's gonna go wrong." A, I can't read, but yeah, I, I'm prepared. It would be like a tome. This man, it wouldn't be just a pamphlet. It would be like a, a ten-volume encyclopedia. Oh God, who wants to read that? <laughs> but do men experience these things though? Like you know, nothing really ever, apart from the decline in. Wanted to go out and maybe having the stamina and for the it. Hairline. And oh yeah, and My the beer gush. The beer the gush. Oh, Jesus. Your hairline's doing great. Yeah, but the beer, the beer, the beer belly ain't. But yeah, that's the one thing. <laughs> that's the one thing up top. Yeah, but I have to check the man manual and get back to you. Okay, okay. I got, I, I got. I nearly didn't make it to this show, Trish. What? Oh dear! I got trapped <laughs> in an underground car park just now. What about happened? an hour ago. Um, basically, so I've been cycling. Again, it. Calamity J. This if is all part of my just new... just tuned in, <laughs> yeah. you would have heard Kev's numerous issues over the last few weeks. Yeah. And this is just another. It is. <laughs> Go on. It is. I like them, though. Uh, so I've been cycling into work now, right? And uh, it's been going well. You know, door to door in... 22 minutes but I park my bike because we're on late at night I don't want to leave it out on the street Mm. so I park it in the underground work car park Mm -hmm. that other people who in apartments also have access to this okay so Mm -hmm. it's kind of a communal thing and the only way to get in is through a remote controlled gate 
And so I was coming up to the gate and I didn't have my... I usually have the remote in my pocket, but I saw that someone was coming out of the car park. So I said, oh, I'll just go in while the gates are open. Yeah. Okay. And that's your chance. That's your that's opportunity. My so went okay. in, went down, locked the bike up. No bother. And it's usually always very quiet in this underground car park, yeah. as most do tend to be. Uh, and so I locked up the bike and I was ready to go back out of the car park. There are two gates, right? There's an inner one and an outer outer one. And I realised that I could not find this little remote for love nor money. It just wasn't there. I was completely trapped. There was nobody coming or going. Nobody around I could chat to or talk to or scream for help. (laughs) Just me trapped in this underground car park. But also, even if someone was walking past, they wouldn't be able to help. No, because you need the the remote. The only way to get in or out of here is with the remote. So even pedestrians, I think, have to have this remote, which is a mad Mm. system. Usually you can kind of get out. uh, Now, if you're on the other side of the door, there should be like a a panic button or just a button where you can just press and eject. Not whoever designed this classic <laughs> Irish design, you're just trapped whether you like it or not, and you have to wait for someone to come along. Some would say that's very safe, you know. Yeah, I guess you can't get in or out unless you have a key. I know, but still, come on, there has to be a way. Yeah. Anyway, um, I was down there for a good ten minutes uh, before uh, someone eventually did come along, and I had to do the big thank, the big wave, thank Aww. you, wave, and you know, blessings upon you. <laughs> so, but I got God. out of there, but and then I, event- I did, I had the remote all along in my bag. I just have so much crap in my bag; it's impossible to find these. Little things, so you couldn't even call me for help because I was thinking no. I'm only like you, you, you don't know, even have here, a remote for but that. I wouldn't have you have been a different able to help you. Yeah, I know, I know. Oh, Luckily, it you all made it. worked out. I made it here. Isn't that the main Imagine thing? Imagine if he missed the show and we're sitting here waiting. Yeah, where for is this guy? And also, you're just yeah, in the there's no, lot. there's no um, signal down there, so I wouldn't have even been able to call you <laughs> if I wanted to. So you'd be just like. What? Where, Where is he? Is Why is he a no-show? Yeah. Oh, I need to get your partner's number just in case anything right. like this happens in the future. I can ring and be like, "Was he on his way? <laughs> yeah. At least, yeah. <laughs> Did he just disappear? Like, what happened to him? By the oh, way, is Kev. there something on? I was cycling in. There was low. There was like, yes, it was dead oh, day stop. after Paddy's weekend, yeah. but um, but tonight it's every little again. it's back. Like people are properly back in pubs. I feel like there might have been something on. There definitely it, was because there was a lot of people standing outside the three arena when I was walking ah, in, and I, I had to go the long way around as I usually do when right. the traffic is backed up. I think it might be Hans Zimmer in the three arena, uh, the music, mu- the composer. And it's music from the films. I think that's my guess because really? I think I saw something about that uh, earlier on. We're looking it up here. Uh, there's just so much happening. I at know. The there's gig. It's gig after gig here. You know. Yeah. Um, so I'm not quite sure. I'm looking at the 22nd, and I don't see Hans Zimmer here. Um, yeah, I thought it was. We've got a fancy, fancy book that tells us about what's coming up. But the only thing about the book is... Oh, no, it's Planet Earth 2, Trish. What's Planet Earth 2? You know uh, David Attenborough. Oh! Yeah. 
His show? His show. Is Sir David Attenborough across the road from I, us right now? I don't think so, somehow. <laughs> oh, oh, he may okay. have pre-recorded a special little greeting. Ah, damn. But no, it's um, it's basically the show live in concert. Sorry, wait now, what? So it's Planet, Planet Earth, Earth the Discovery BBC, show. No, BBC. It's on Discovery as well. Okay. Go on. So that... Hosted is- by Liz Bonin. Remember Liz Bonin? Oh yeah, good old Liz Bonin. Yes. Uh-huh. What did Liz Bonin ever do for you? She did a lot. Did she? Back in the day. Oh, in, right. Yeah, she was um, like a 90s children's TV presenter in RTE. Oh, was she? Yeah. Oh, you so might recognise her. I'm going to Google Liz Bonin. Do. I think then she went over to London and um, there she is there. French presenter. Oh, yeah, French. you totally got... Oh, I do know Liz. She was on E4 or T4 yeah, as well, wasn't one she? Of them. Ah, yes, she's been around. I wouldn't have known the name. Oh. I thought she was Irish. No. She's not Irish. She is French. She's definitely French. Not French. I think she was born in France and yeah. probably grew up over on Notions. Uh, anyway, <laughs> uh, she'll be there hosting the thing. And it's music by Hans Zimmer. And uh, yeah, so that, that would be... It looks packed anyway. I can't believe they would have... <laughs> Planet Earth and not have you know just I, maybe they I will know. have him on a screen oh, but tell, oh, I think, mean if I on. don't see him then I, I want he's to. like 90 plus have you seen the man he's still out in the wild I know I mean he's he is probably what everybody aspires to be in their 90s he's living <laughs> his best life best, best life like True. there's no fear of him going anytime soon. You yeah, know he's no, good. Yeah, so he could take a plane. So he could he could yeah, host Planet Earth live in concert. Door. I know, but still, <laughs> he probably has better things to be doing. Excuse me, than his loyal fans. <laughs> yeah, I don't yeah. even have a ticket to go to this gig. Yeah, exactly, <laughs> making it out like I've been so hard done by. Um, but I'm sure Liz will do a great job. I have seen her and stuff. She is a natural history presenter after all, so it does make sense to have her in the role. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I thought she was definitely Irish, but okay. Where did you get that? It was just... Well, the Irish accent? She doesn't really have an Irish she accent, does she? does. She's a British accent, does she not? No. She does, Kev. No, no. I am going to win this you one. Won't. He is so competitive. And so am I. <laughs> and I'm always like, who's right? Who's right? But she if I find a clip Kids here of TV, Liz... Uh, back in the 90s. Or early 2000s. Did you think her French accent? I didn't think she, I don't think she has Irish? a French accent. No, I, I, don't, I really don't. There she is. If she doesn't oh, sound yeah. anything like either of us describing her, it would be terrible. No, uh, I think she has kind of a posh Dublin accent. Oh, okay. Well, yeah. we'll wait and see. Yeah, okay. Yes, unfortunately, right. the ads, which is way from Logan. Yeah, the premium subscription. Ready? Here she is. <laughs> the premium subscription. One arm hidden behind my back. Oh, my God. Because right. my hand was stuck in a tube of Pringles. <laughs> she does kind yeah. of have a. There's no French there. Yeah, no. Was a couple of months ago. Oh, recently then. Yeah. And where were you? We were on Heron Island, in um, Australia, and I was sent to um, Heron to present all the stories about the coral reefs and mm-hmm. the seabirds and the sea turtles. Were they? Come on. Are you mad? Yeah, yeah, she really does sound kind of Irish. You're, you're not wrong. I know but- I'm not wrong. So what? What? What is Liz's story? Be, yeah, I don't know. I need to know mm. more about uh, Liz Bonham because I always genuinely thought she was just from Dublin. No, and you're right. That does sound. Now, more, seeing, now that's why I'm playing it again. Yeah. It does sound a lot more Irishy than I thought. Yeah, yeah. 
originally. Yeah. Anyway, she's crossed the road presenting the... <laughs> presenting Planet Earth 2. I feel like I need to hear it again. And the seabirds and the sea turtles. Turtle. The way she said turtles. Yeah. No, come on. There's yeah, nothing no, French about right, that. Yeah. Nothing French about that. <laughs> she was reared in Ireland. <laughs> yeah. But uh, go into the thing there. Her wiki. Time. Yeah, go on. Uh, uh, sure, why not? Come on. It's fine. We're, we're here. here. While we're here. <laughs> Elizabeth Bonin is a French science, wildlife and natural history presenter who has worked on television in both Ireland and the United Kingdom. She presented morning show Rise and music show Top of the Pops. Oh yeah, Top of the Pops. Remember that? Mm-hmm. She's best known for her presenting wildlife and science programs including the Galapagos no, no. I feel like I'm seeing this word so much more now that I've seen it on um, uh, gosh what's the, oh, what's wow. the, the, the your man goes off to the Galapagos oh, to Zark. go mine no, <laughs> no. What's, what's, the Galapagos? what's the one with the oh my gosh it's on Netflix Eugene Levy oh Shit's Creek Shit's Creek uh-huh. your man goes off to the Galapagos Islands oh really kind of ends the relationship and I've never heard the word Galapagos, Galapagos. used. You know, I'm seeing it everywhere now. Mm, I wonder Can't where know. they are. It's she was born in Paris yeah. to a Trinidadian mother oh. of Indian and Portuguese descent and a French Martinican father. Who oh, was Martinique that? is in the Caribbean as well, though. But she moved to Ireland when she was nine years old. No. Therefore, to me, Liz, <laughs> as much as you like to think you're from Paris, France. <laughs> Go on. You're... <laughs> From Ireland. Yeah, she even well. went to Trinity. Yeah. Are you kidding me, Liz? Come Drop on. the French. Yeah, please. You're Irish. You're Irish. <laughs> Don't be denying it now, <laughs> Liz. Ah, well, look. We've now fu- we we've learned something. figured it all we out. We really went deep dived we into did. Liz's life. <laughs> oh. Well, anyways, yes, she's in the three arena at the moment. Um, with the planet Earth, not with David Attenborough, but no. with the planet Earth <laughs> Orchestra, and I guess you get to watch all, what, all of the show. How how long would it be? Probably about two and two a, no. If you're going to a concert, they're not going to do it uh, an hour long uh, like they would an episode. But yeah, an episode would probably just be an hour. But they're going to do probably a bit more. two and best a half. Bit, three. Are they going to choose the best bits? Oh, I need to see what it is about. Yeah, Kev. me this too. This is going to bug me. Yeah, I'd love to like, know. What is it? And are they just sh- like are people performing? So are you is more it just interested an orchestra? in? Are you orchestra? <laughs> is this just an orchestra here? Is it, is it? Let me know. Are you going to hear the music more? Are you going to see the visuals more? Which is more important? Like, oh, the visuals, I think, is what really makes it. Like some of those shots are incredible. Those, like, oh my god! Did you ever see the one where it's um, God? They go in, it's these freaky wasps breeding in fruit. Or I don't know if they're wasps, or I think they are. And they actually um, grow inside of figs. Mm-hmm. And it's, uh, and somehow they get the cameras yeah. in there. You wonder, like, how much of this is set up, how much is legit, I but think it's they incredible. They just leave their cameras for a, there, long, for a long time, and it just captures everything. Because I can't yeah. imagine they're standing there with the camera, <laughs> waiting for that moment. Um, I always get really attached to the animals. Like, yeah. you know, you, you fall in love with like the the young couple yeah. just running through the Serengeti, yeah. and then you know the lion comes and attacks, yeah. or something like that. But I always get really attached and like no don't go we can't do this and he's just like well, this is just nature 
taking over. That's right. When you when he concentrates on an animal that you think is going to be at the kind of top of the food tra- yeah. chain, like I was watching one about it, like this white fox, and uh, you think that he's going to be like at the top of the food chain and then someone else comes along that you weren't expecting yeah and you're like oh no love that was there not a long running um, it wasn't a meme but it was like a little video online of like a lizard or was it a snake a lizard chasing a snake and it became this whole thing. Everybody got really obsessed with the little lizard. Or it was it the uh-huh. other way around. Anyways, Don't it was know. one of those totes emotion moments again <laughs> that <laughs> Planet Earth brought us. But yeah. I feel like we need a David Attenborough moment. We need okay. him to say something just to kind of just I, to hear I, it. I, I need to just hear, to hear it. it. All right. It's just me. Yeah. Nah. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. I remember. I remember what he said. I remember like. too, but I just feel like his soothing voice would add to our Tuesday. Okay. Do you not? Yeah, I do in many ways. Okay. <laughs> I also if like it. Let's play Liz Bonin again. Well, we've already figured <laughs> out that Liz is Irish. Like, she's had her say. Yeah. Now it's time for David. David. A pine cone. Pine nuts provide vital energy during the winter months. Mm. You could watch these for hours, couldn't you? Like. Yeah. And the snow mm. depend on these nuts. Oh, look at this guy. Depend on these nuts. <laughs> um, yeah. It has to Great. be What a legend. There's a, a legend. mural he of him. Legend. Where did I see? Here in Dublin. Is there? Yeah. Where the hell is that? Oh, I know there was a Stormzy one, but I don't know about the David Attenborough No, one. there is one. I passed it. When was that? Where was that? Mm. My, my memory ain't what she used to be, Trish. Oh, but um, I'm rubbing off on you, Kev. <laughs> <laughs> I, we'll have to get I you was, some of my tablets. I, wherever it is, I passed there during the weekend. And, um, oh, God. No, it's, I'm, I have... Yeah, that's oh, it. Oh, there it is. Dublin City Council takes street artists to court over murals. Oh, okay. God. Show me where it is, though. Oh, no. Go down. Uh, da, da, da. Mural of David Batman, Dublin City. Where is that? They want it removed. Yeah, but it's really good. It's whatever phenomenal. It is. Wherever it is, I can't remember. I don't even think it doesn't they want say us it to know where Go it is. back. Um, Are you sure? Yeah. Oh, gosh. Why would they want David? Go down there. Uh, Dublin 8 yeah it just appeared who painted it I really really would love to know it's in Portobello oh I think it's near um, it's near South William Street so um, yeah and it's still there now they're just it is no yeah I passed it uh, just the other day and I was like that's great is that David Attenborough Uh, I wouldn't even have to ask Kev it pretty much looks like the man no it's near the South Circular Road that's where it is so it's very good We'll have to pass it and maybe send him an Instagram snap. Yeah, I think like, he, hey, he must know about it. I don't know. Now we'll have to get a mural of uh, Liz Bonin too <laughs> and say, huh? Hey, you still think you're from Paris, do you? <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> we own you, Liz. Yeah. Years and years with Sweet Talker on Room 104. It's Trish and Kev. How hey, old is that song? That I'm not quite sure. It's, I think, probably about. It's pretty recent. Yeah. Pretty recent. Because I, I like it. I think it's six good. months. Really? Is it that? Is it that new? Yeah. Oh, okay. Fair maybe enough. Maybe a little bit yeah. more, no, but like not it. much more than that. I okay. wouldn't say. Yeah. Because yeah, yeah, yeah. years and years they were away for a little bit because your man was acting. The main guy was acting. Right. Remember? 
Um, no. Yeah, he did that E4 programme, the one about the AIDS pandemic. Oh. Remember? Oh my no. gosh, it was a huge hit over the pandemic. Really? Yeah. yeah. Everybody was talking about it. Oh my God. Um, but he did that, went away acting for a little bit and then... Back with the music. No, yeah, he kind of went solo then they all went there. Oh. Yeah, separate ways. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. But they're still very much a band. But you know that whole, going on hiatus so we can work on different projects. You know yeah. That? You know that. And you just know that like, that's not everyone's decision. Yeah. That's literally just one or two dudes just like, no, I'm done here. Well, I'm famous. I made it now. See <laughs> yeah, you guys. Yeah. Bye. <laughs> Good luck. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I really want to find the programme years and years. What was it called? It was on E4. No, it was on... Um, Channel 4. It was on Channel 4, yes. Ali Alexander, he was the star... Oh my, oh my God. It's a sin. It's a sin. Okay. Oh my gosh, Kev. If no, you haven't watched that. it, you really, really need to. It was powerful viewing now. It okay. really was. Everybody was talking about it over the, the pandemic, so I'm surprised that you... Um, you haven't listened. No, I miss I missed that part of the pandemic. Yeah. I must have checked out. Did you want to hear like the just a little blur? No, well, <laughs> no. <laughs> it's really good. It's a no, mini series it. oh, written a and created by Russell T Davies. Yeah, yeah. It had about. Oh, maybe I did hear about that. You then. did. You did. You okay, did. Okay, okay. Oh my god, the stories they covered in it, it was just great. Great acting as well. Okay. Great acting. Well, okay. I didn't see that. I wasn't. I must have been doing something else during that part of the pandemic. But speaking of the pandemic. Oh no. Can we speak about the pandemic? Sure, we may as well. We're still in it, it seems. <laughs> oh, it very much seems, <laughs> oh Trish, gosh. because the uh, Irish uh, Nurses and Midwives Organisation, uh, the INMO, is calling to bring back the masks. Yeah. We want the masks back in crowded and indoor settings. What <laughs> do you think about that? You just gave us the rule that we can get rid of them. I like know, it literally just it happened, Kev. So typical. And <laughs> so so back on typical. it. I just I don't feel like I'm ready for that kind of news. I feel like I'm not quite there yet. I'm no. just adapting to the life being how it was. Sunshine. We just had St. Patrick's Day <laughs> yeah. week. Yeah. It was a it's, whole week of it. We I had know. so much fun. How do you tell us we go from that and then we have to go back the way now to masks and being extra super cautious and you know, two meters apart? How do you say that to a people? I, know, I just don't but know. It would just be so typical. Like you remember when they said, "Oh, the clubs are back," and then they had to shut them down. So if they do this with the masks, I just hope this doesn't go any further than the masks. Okay, well, if you want us to wear the masks again on the bus and in the shops, that's one thing. But if you touch my pubs, <laughs> if you dream about closing them pubs again, I'm coming for you. I'm coming. I will challenge you. Exactly. (laughs) No, don't do it. Don't do it. We've been through enough. But these people in Dublin, they agree with the nurses and midwives, most of them, and say that, hey, maybe masks ain't such a bad thing right now. A bit more worried, obviously, working in a shop. I've had it, so it doesn't concern me at the moment, but... Yeah, it's probably worrying still. They still wear the mask to snooze when they're on the, the Lewis and stuff, you know, coming to work. It's still a bit of a worry there, you know. Still going in our stores, I would still wear my mask or on transport trains or anything. Yeah, like it's still around. I think it would be a good idea. I think I gave mine up too soon. On the Lewis there in the evenings, 
When you finish work, you can get fairly cramped, so I think it's probably the best thing to be doing. Face masks don't bother me, like, but if the option's there not to wear them, I'm not going to wear them. I would be along those lines <laughs> of that last yeah. lady there. The option's there you know, not to no. wear them. Who's going to say would they want to wear them? If you tell us we, you're grand, you don't have to, you're fine, who is going to volunteer? I know there has been some. That there is, there's always going to be some. But for the majority, yeah. we're going to go by what Ni- you say. Look, 90% of people, I've been on the bus many times since the mask rule got rid of, was got rid of. I was on the Lewis a few times since mm. then as well. And... I would say that 90% of people aren't wearing masks. Yeah. Some are, and that's cool. Absolutely. There's no restrictions anymore. No, but like, yeah, I, I think make it or not, people will make their own minds up at this point, right? Yeah, right? well, there's just more bad news on top of that. And even though, yes, people should make their own minds up. After you hear this, you might want to wear a mask. No. Everyone who did not contract the Omicron variant of COVID-19 is expected to be infected with the BA2 variant of the virus. This is according to Professor Luke O'Neill. Professor Luke, can you oh, just go away, please? Oh, I thought <laughs> We've I'd had never hear that name again. But yeah, um, it comes after Ireland was among the nations to brutally their saying lift COVID restrictions so now we're seeing a rise in cases maybe it's our fault but uh, just oh, we were on a good run I saw the WHO saying that that Ireland were too brutal in their yeah. too fast oh, guys come on we've had two, two years of this so I'm sorry if we're a little bit quick with winding things up you know <sighs> well Professor Luca he's been saying that it, the sister of Omicron is much more infectious than Omicron itself and it is spreading more widely so the I think the sister. sister this was younger the sister, sister they didn't get older. rid of <laughs> it's the younger sister Talk. she's a brat yeah, you can yeah, tell yeah. she's spoiled you think I'm bad Wait, you meet my sister. Oh my god. god. What does it do? What's it called? Because I've heard of this. Is this it's the B? BA2. Yeah, I was, I was hearing about this um, just, on a podcast. Now, and in China, mm-hmm. they literally are still on the kind of shutting the down one? buzz. No, whenever they hear about new ways, they really try and contain it and lockdowns and all that kind of thing. It's a bit late for that now. Maybe. It is, isn't it? Like, can't be gum. I'm not doing it, Trish. I am not doing it. So, are you going to protest on your own? I am not wearing that mask. Running away, I'm going to find some island that doesn't care about COVID or it doesn't exist. I'm terrified, Kev. (coughs) Excuse me, because I didn't get the other COVID like the regular one. I I didn't get nineteen. I I didn't get different ones. Yeah, I didn't. And now they're telling me the bad sister is coming and she's going to be way worse. (laughs) So what happens now? But he said... It's not like you can't get the bad sister one if you've already had one of the other ones. Oh, yes, that's the next thing as well. My friend has gotten COVID twice in five weeks. Yeah. And the second time is worse than the first. Oh, God. And the the first one was still bad. Like, so... You know. I'm saying it could be the most infectious virus we've seen. Amazingly, chickenpox is very infectious. Measles is as well. We all know this. They spread like wildfire. But the BA2 is nothing like it. 
I don't want no BA too. What do you think about this? You know, 0876797104. Do you think we should just come what may? <laughs> Let it take us. If it's going to be BA too, if or COVID didn't get us, sister, or the, or the uncle, or some other cousin variant, no, who knows? It's going to be something. Or yeah. do you think at this point maybe we should go back into a full-on lockdown again and start you having will some be restrictions hard to find anyone who thinks like that? Trace, you never know. There on. could be people who are vulnerable as well who might feel like it's the safest way to be. Too much. Yeah, yeah, but then how long? How many years? How long are we supposed to keep living like that? And then is there every time something comes out, yeah. we're going to go back into a lockdown no. again? You no, know, no, no, no. Can't, can't. Society can't operate like that. We could bear. We were barely hanging on there, especially in that that second year, like this time last year. Oh, it was so grim. Do you want to yeah. hear more grim oh. news about BA two? Mm. I go think on. I better just no, go on. I'll just break it to you so you know now and then you won't yeah. have to hear again mm. you'll just be God, dreaming I mean, about it tonight I'll hear it but I'll choose to ignore it but go on well apart from the fact that it's 30% more infectious than Omicron which, which is was already, already 70% like more infectious yeah, than the yeah. previous oh, one stop Yet again, the spike has changed in the virus and it sticks to your lungs much more readily and spreads much more quickly. So maybe the masks aren't the best, aren't the, the worst idea right now. I think I probably will start masking up because I didn't get any of those, the other ones, and I just don't want to be in a situation where I'm in the public and I don't know where I got it or if somebody else has it. I just, just be, to be able to protect myself. Yeah. It's the only way. So you will so start masking up again. You'll start masking up again, will you? Yeah, I think so. Will you? I didn't get sick, Kev, and I'm scared. <laughs> I'm scared. <laughs> you never, you, oh yeah, you never Like got. I didn't get, yeah, I didn't get the proper full And I, are you afraid of getting it now, even though you're, what, no, are, you, because are you boosted as well as I'm blacks? boosted up, but I, I just wonder how how much help it will be able to give me if I do contract it, if I do get it. Like what, you know, I don't know. There were a lot of people who still got really, really sick. Mm. There's tw- there's more than 23,000 new cases confirmed today. Like if we had heard that two years ago, we'd be freaking out. Now it's just, yeah, oh, well, 23,000. And um, I don't know, but if, if I'd heard that last week, at the start of last week, I probably would have been a lot more... Careful, I guess, over the weekend. Would you have? Yeah, I probably would have. Really? Or maybe I would have forgotten halfway through the night, yeah. but I would have tried. <laughs> <laughs> I would have tried, Kim. Yeah, right. <laughs> well, look, there are there are thirteen hundred, more than thirteen hundred COVID patients in hospitals, it, and you know those numbers. If they keep growing and the hospitals get overwhelmed again, I don't know. Would then you think they? What they, happens then? They'll take action. I think they oh will have God. to, because there will be a public outcry for action to be taken if it gets to a, a dire stage. You know there will be, because yeah. of course you can't have everybody just willy nilly just infecting everybody. You can't, you know. You just... I know, but then the the difficulty is is when people are being told, "Oh, back to the office and everything's back to normal," when actually this COVID thing is still. If it is still causing chaos where you have to isolate and you have, and all the rest of it, you know, I think then maybe there has to be a bit more understanding about the work from home thing, mm. and we have to re- rethink that again. And oh, I don't yeah. know. There's going to be another debate, another oh, announcement. Dear. You know, I don't want to totally be 
despondent about everything because I don't think look as much as the world right now is not in the best place no, with what's going on shape. in Ukraine it's really not in good shape and yes the virus is there but look we've gone through it before and we've kind of come out the other side so we but can do it again I know we're not really no, at the other side Kev don't I'm say do, do, just do it again no, but do we'll, lockdowns again no, no way no not do the lockdown but we'll all band together and we'll we'll, we'll find what? a solution and we'll make it work we'll, yeah, we'll not get through to, okay. it and this solution better not include closing of, of any hospitality I don't want to see it or any uh, live entertainment or music or arts or anything like that. But those are the places that it would probably spread the most. No, I'm not doing it. Not doing it and I will... I'll take to the goddamn streets if I have to. Oh, well, you heard it here first on Room 104. I'm Kev not doing any lo- more lockdowns. No way, no way, no how. All right. Not doing it. Well, on that note, I need a breather. <laughs> Tiesto and the business on Room 104. Hey, Kev. Hey, Trish. I'm going to sing it every single time. I know you are. Are we playing Poker Face later? Yeah, we are. Ooh. And we have got Fintan Mackay. He is an absolutely phenomenal musician oh. and yeah, singer, songwriter. The boy has just got talent to kill, to burn. But how are his fibbing skills? Is he a good liar? That I'm not sure that's about. that's all I care about. <laughs> I'm not sure about that part, but okay. we will find out. Fintan McKay is coming up. McKay. McCahy. Yeah, McCahy. Tell, what, tell us about Poker Face. What's, what's the idea? So Poker Face is where we have a musical guest. Uh-huh. And usually they tell us three facts about themselves. Okay. And we have to guess which one of the facts is... Is false. Is false. It's okay. a lie. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's simple as. It but usually it's, you know, it can be anything. It can be outrageous stories. It can be whatever it is that the public just don't know about you. We've you got know? some. We've had some good. We've had some good poker facers, and we've had some not so good over the weeks. <laughs> uh, the good professional liars and the not so good. But isn't it a good thing if you're not a good liar? Then no, it, it is. No, I think you need you need to have that talent. <laughs> I you don't know, think you, so. You do for emergencies. You need to be able to be a really good liar. I knew a guy who would be able to come up with on the spot lies like that. That's like, not someone I would trust at all. <laughs> that is not someone I would want really? in my circles. If someone can lie really, really easily and yeah, really quickly, this guy will, I honestly, don't know. I was, I, I'd be like <laughs> sitting there next to him, like amazed that, like he was able to um, come up with these intricate. That's a sociopath, there. is it? Yeah, I think so. Okay, <laughs> right. Um, and at the time he was he was getting married at the time, so he'd all. The, his main excuses were always kind of wedding related so like someone would say oh can you come and come out and uh, next Saturday oh no we've, uh, we have the wedding um, we're rehearsing we, uh, would you believe we actually have to go for the uh, to, to look up um, uh, is it um, something to do with the wedding and he, and that he would just ramble on and oh, then no. you'd be like okay actually Jesus we don't you know or if if, if the boss asked him to do something extra in work or you know, could you do an extra shift or He's whatever? Got a real Instant lie oh. out of the yeah, 
and it was it was impressive because I I'm not as good as that. No. And uh, yeah. I actually I I feel like I'm the opposite, which is a, it's its own problem. You know, sometimes I'm telling a story and I'm it's the truth. This happened. Yeah. But because I'm maybe forgetting little details, people think I'm making it up people and they think, think I'm lying. lying. <laughs> like I'm really not. This happened. No. I just it sounds like there's I'm lying. nothing worse. It's and like it's when horrible. you're telling the truth and people are like, no, you're no, lying. There's something not matching up in that yeah. story what, what is not matching up <laughs> I might have forgotten one detail yeah. and that's it and it's yeah you need to have a good memory if you're yeah. going to be a bad liar exactly. or a good liar so we'll be finding out if Fintan McCahey McCahey is a good liar right. or not so good Either way, he has a career. He's a musician. That's right. He's grand. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> but we'll have a bit of a crack with him. We're in a little bit. pretty good at, at sussing them out, aren't we? The lies from the truths. Yes, that's because I have my detective partner beside me. Here. Oh, yes, yes, <laughs> you're Sherlock very good Kev. at getting to the bottom of it. I know, getting me magnifying glass out. Now, and sometimes you're asking questions, and I'm like, where the hell did he even <laughs> think of that one? Like, what is going on up there? Look at my detective brain. You're working. in the wrong job. I know. Should have. Been, uh, You're nosy. That's the problem. A little bit nosy. A little bit nosy. It's <laughs> coming up. <laughs> <sighs> now, uh, how are you? Sorry, before you go, are what? you? What are your letter writing and map using skills like? Like a manual map, like a yeah, like, old no, school map. No, 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 no. Wouldn't be great. Like. Uh, I've tried to use the old compass before and tried to figure it out. You know what? Oh, like yeah. scouts. Like scouts. Yeah, I gave up. I Were don't know. I was bra- the brownies. brownies. Yeah, and yeah. 4-H. We never really had to do stuff like that, though, in Brownie. We, we mostly sold stuff to make money for the bleeding school at the time. But right. it was a lot of, you know, selling cookies. And yeah, you would learn how to do stuff, but it wouldn't. It wasn't outdoorsy stuff. They'd teach you how to cook and teach you how to sew. Really? It was very sexist, to, to be yeah. honest. You know, yeah, we weren't doing the... the it might have changed since my day. You know, it's been a good few years since I was a brownie. <laughs> but at the time, at the time, it was more just like soft skills they were teaching you, you know? Right, okay. And you weren't you weren't out in the woods trying to make fire with a twig. Fair enough. Well, <laughs> they say that writing a letter and using a traditional map are among the skills that are being lost, shock horror, due to technology. Of course, yeah. of course. I was surprised to hear that most people wouldn't know how to sew on a button, like a simple button. How, Kev, are you one of those people? Can you sew on a bike? I did home ec in school and there was a sewing <laughs> bit, but again, remember I was saying I just kind of got the girls to do. Oh, Kevin! <laughs> <my work> <laughs> I was like, will you sew this? So you didn't learn a tap in home ec? No. Like, that is disgraceful. That's disappointing. Sorry. I think that's one thing we should learn how to do. Like just sew, sew, on a, sew a button. Just be able to patch something ah, up. There if are there's YouTube a little tutorials hole. for that. Aren't there? There are YouTube tutorials, but you're, do you use the YouTube tutorials? No, no it's just something you will never learn Fire unless you need to. Oh dear. <laughs> anyway, the survey um, examined lost talents, which also incu- include remembering phone numbers. Mm-hmm. Can't do that. Spelling and maths. 
I mean, you got autocorrect for the spelling, yeah. or Google. Google would just tell you how to spell a word, even if you spell it, it with a seven. They're going to tell you the exact right spelling. Yeah. And maths, that's you can all do all that on the computer. And also, you bring a calculator into most of these exams as yeah, well. Like you exactly. don't actually do anything out of your head anymore. No, quick maths oh is a God. tough, tough thing to do. Dear. And maths rem- not hot. Remember, yeah, exactly. <laughs> remember that. Gee, who was that? What was that guy's name? Don't do oh, this come on. to me. Kevin. What was the man's hot name, Guy? Um, Go on. Big Shaq. Big, Big Shaq. Was it? Man's not hot. Yeah, Big Shaq. Was that his name? Yeah, okay. Um, yeah, and remembering... There it is, yeah. yeah. Big uh, Shaq. Oh, my God. I two plus two equals <laughs> four. Oh. A man is 44. Honestly, I could sing that song all day. It makes no I sense. I could not wait for that to get off the radio airwaves. But do you know it was, a, it was a whole mock you... Oh, it was a joke Was, yeah, it was it a, a joke yeah, song? I was totally taking the piddle out of rappers. Basically saying their raps make no sense these days, and was that the idea? Was, yeah, he was—he's a comedian. He's a professional comedian. Oh, I missed and that he was part. Gonna, he said, "You know what? I'm going to make a track and show you how easy it is to make absolutely nothing, and it become a hit." And what do you know? It we he's, were he smashed it out of the park. <laughs> sure, there was a dance as well. Oh my course there was. Um, yeah, the soft skills are gone. No. Remembering skills... phone numbers. How many phone numbers can you remember? Do you remember your mom's mobile number, for example? No, 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 no. Your fellas? the last two couple of digits. No, I don't know his either off my heart. Do you know? Oh, God, it's terrible. No, no I don't. I only know my number, my old number. I know. You know your old number? Yeah. God, I definitely I had don't. That for ages. What happened? I got a new phone and I think at you the time oh, I changed. Over. Yeah, but this was this was back. Back in the day. Yeah. So I didn't get the number change over. I just got a whole new phone and new everything. And I think the SIM card was different as well and you something or other. So I got a new number. Okay. I was like, it was grand. Yeah, you know, I was like, I'm I'm a woman now. Let's get a new number. <laughs> <laughs> That's how you think, isn't it? Oh, no. I'm a woman now. I'll get a new number. <laughs> I say that, that is, so much. I think people oh my God, <laughs> think Trish. I'm mad. Where did they get you? I swear, my mom asks me that all the time. <laughs> like from you, Laverne. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, so, 77% of people surveyed blame technologies for skills dying out, while 52% said many of those abilities just aren't needed anymore anyway. But it's not even I don't I don't care about the fact that okay it's not needed anymore. It's the fact that we're not using half our brain's capacity because everything is so easy for us now. It's not okay, you might never need to know how to sew on a button because as you said you just fling out your shirts <laughs> once there's a little hole. But wouldn't it be good to just know how to do that as just a little a skill for yourself just to better you as a human being be a fuller rounder human being you don't think that's as I said oh here we go there are YouTube tutorials for oh, that dear <laughs> that's how we learn these days yeah. because whatever we need to know at it's that specific there. time is there so you know yeah you could be you could spend months and years learning to sew and you might never months actually months and years I'm guessing <laughs> It would have taken 10 minutes in your home ec class to learn how to sew. That's all. Instead of now, you've got to watch a whole half an hour YouTube video. (laughs) Yeah, and sit through the ads. (laughs) And sit through the ads in order to sew. Oh Mm. my God, I can't even do a backstitch. Oh, 
forget what else the shame, is on the list the shame of it all remembering phone numbers I think that's an interesting one uh, I the only phone number I know aside from mine is like my parents landline and maybe I'd have a stab at my mother's mobile oh. number but I probably would probably get that wrong and I feel like that's all I kind of need to know in an emergency Did oh no they still have it yeah mm. um, so I think once you know one definite emergency contact number off by heart which I'm pretty confident I do that's all you feel you need that's all I need yeah yeah but remember, remember trying to remember numbers, and some people had quirky numbers. I know my cousin um, got a, a mobile number that had just a load of the same digits. Mm. Do you remember when people were asking the telephone companies, the mobile operators, for like quirky numbers and stuff like that? You know. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no. Aside from that, I'm I don't scared know though. It's one of those things. If you don't use it, you'll lose it. You know, if you're not using that side of your brain to remember stuff like your your memory's just gonna get bad kind of like my that's happening anyway that's happening <laughs> anyway uh, it's not happening anyway it's because we're not practicing but if we were practicing it wouldn't be happening like I know my memory we're using our brains in different ways Trish we're putting our those we're using it in a lazier way definitely we're not putting it to the the, the test of the we used to learn a whole book and it used to be fine we never had an issue and now just to even write a a text with full words and full sentences is a lot (laughs) what has the world come to now look YouTube tutorials that's the only way for me Okay, so you just say don't learn, just go on to YouTube. That's right. I think that's a really poor way of looking at it. I do like to teach myself little things like, you know, uh, the sewing and the knitting and the, I do, every now and again, I like to have a little skill that I can say, I can do that. You know, even just to just say I can do it. You include that in your new cool lifestyle, (laughs) you know, with with the multivitamins, you start your knitting and start your sewing. (laughs) We'll see how long all of this lasts. Okay. Before you're back on YouTube looking up tutorials with me. No, you know what will happen? I will live as long as David Attenborough and even longer (laughs) because I have exercised my brain in the right way and I didn't depend on YouTube. Good for you. All right. Welcome back. It's our Room 104 with Trish and Kev. And now it's time for Poker Face. It's about time. It's that time. And I'm really happy for that time. That warning (laughs) should say this program may contain lies that are not suitable. (laughs) Excuse me. (laughs) Yeah, because Poker Face is all about lying. Trying to be... Oh, here we go. Uh, Every uh, week. Yeah, you do what you do. Goes without saying. I know, for you. Uh, Finton, how are you doing? I'm good. How are you getting on? Not too bad at all. What hey, are you up Fintan. to? How's it going, dude? Good, good. What, where, where are you dialing in from? Uh, down in West Cork. Oh, West Cork. Beautiful. my studio in West Cork. Oh, my God, that sounds amazing. Is it? Oh, uh, thank you very much, is man. It, are you, like, are you, have you got a sea view? Uh, not quite. We've got okay. mountain views, but oh, nice. like we're ten minutes from the ocean, so oh. you can get a sea view pretty quick. Oh, that sounds good. Where, where's your nearest like little town? Skibbereen. Oh yeah, so. Skibbereen. Yeah. As if you, you ever been know. down to West Cork? I do know oh, Skibbereen. Do okay. What do you mean? As if you? I know. thought he was just like, oh I yeah, do. no Skibbereen. Well, beautiful down there. <laughs> <laughs> it's beautiful. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Finton. Congratulations are in order as well. You've welcomed a new baby to the world. Ah, you sure did. You're a pops. Congrats. <laughs> Thank you. 
Thanks so much, guys. <laughs> Cheers. When How's it going? Sleepless nights already, or what's the story? Yeah, he's, he's four weeks old now, so we're kind of just trying to figure it out. You know, it's a adjusting to the dramatic life change. You won't be sleeping yeah. for a long, long time, yeah. my friend. There <laughs> you go, man. Say goodbye I'm a to shell that. of a man right yeah. now. Yeah. Oh, no. Yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> Luckily, I was already up on a nappy change run anyway, so you oh, probably had a good time. This yeah. isn't your first yeah. rodeo, is it not? Yeah. No, it, it is my okay. first rodeo. Okay. Well, then. You Four should be well-versed. <laughs> yeah, Four weeks is so cute, though, when they're little and tiny and amazing. Yeah. Are you just completely in love? I know. For sure. Just... We've just completely, like, in hibernation since he arrived, really, you know? Yeah. Having a laugh. Like, it's been completely weird, just, like, not talking to anyone or, like, my social skills. <laughs> Going straight onto the radio has been a, a bit of a shock, I must say. How's your baby How talk you? skills? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Pretty uh, good? That, that I can do. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Good, good. good. You've got to you gotta fine-tune those, too, you yeah. know? <laughs> exactly. Yeah, exactly. What's your, what's the baby's name, uh, Fintan? Joey. Joey! Joey Mc- little yeah. Joey McCaffey. Yeah. I yeah, like it. Nice. Love yeah. it. Yeah, love and life. Well, let's see if uh, little Joey's daddy can tell some really good lies today on Poker Face. Tell us your three facts about yourself and we will decipher which one is the lie. Okay. So I'd say it was about 10 years ago I went on a shamanic healing retreat Mm. to Peru uh, where we would go and visit loads of sacred sites and engage in ceremonies um, that have kind of sacred meaning to them. So that's fact number one. I don't know how in-depth I'm supposed to go. Some of them are shorter than others. That's so. okay. We'll, <laughs> We've got we'll pick your brain in a to, bit. Uh, to do some detective work <laughs> after, you, after you give us the main, the main points. Okay. So there's. I recently became a vegan because mm-hmm. I have just done a lot of reading and watched a lot of documentaries about the planet and environmental things to do with the meat industry. And so I'm just trying to do my part to make an impact on climate change. Okay. So, that's well, like fact that number two. I hope that one's not the lie. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. <laughs> fact number three, he actually kind of fucked it for me there. <laughs> no, did he? <laughs> it's not so too late I'm, to change. I'm brainstorming as we speak. Can I stall it for a minute? Sure, sure. Uh, Trish, nah, have no. you? <laughs> no. So I am moving house oh. next week, mm. and we're buying a site in West Cork okay. and beginning a self-build project over the next few years. And you just had a baby oh that's intense if that is true i've got some questions go. about that. Oh, I've, I've got, got lots of questions mm, got lots of questions yeah. already they're burning oh oh baby okay. <laughs> <laughs> right Will any any of those stick out to you trisha's being you know evidently complete another lies i would have straight away my mind goes to number three the last one there the moving house buying a site 
building from scratch. No, I'm sorry. If this is true and you're actually doing this, I'm not trying to scare you, but that's a really huge undertaking, especially just a little baby. Or that could just be he's trying to throw us off here. Well, that you could see, be there could be elements of that. That's Remember true. that's happened before, yeah. right? Where there are elements to that that are oh look, he's laughing yeah, already. Yeah. Yeah, no, no, there's not elements. This is I'm a straight shooter, guys. Mm, so, mm, I'm mm. a family guy. All right, all right. <laughs> I think there are elements, elements that, that are, true. are true, but I don't think it's happening next week. Okay, and what, what's jumping out at you? Um, the veganism, potentially. We're getting so many texts already and everybody's straight away jumping to number one. Oh, number one, the yeah, protein. Yeah, so none of us, yeah, none of us have got to right, any yeah, of Yeah, so I've got some questions about that. Ooh, okay, so what we'll do, right, we'll just take a little song and we'll come back. Let those kind of stew for a little bit. Let it, you know, just marinate. And then <laughs> <Marinate>. <laughs> we'll come back and Fintan, you're going to maybe just delve into a little bit more detail on each. Mm-hmm. Okay. Then, through the process of elimination, we'll get there. All right, Fintan, are you okay to hang on the line with us? Sure am. Looking forward to it, guys. Excellent. Well, right now we're going to play some Seamus D with Like That and then we'll be back with some more Poker Face. Seamus D with Like That on Room 104. Now we are back with Poker Face. We have got singer, songwriter Fintan McCahey on the line. Fintan, how are you doing? Good. Yeah, hanging in there? Yeah. Just about. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I can imagine. Is this this is probably pretty late for you, considering you got yeah. a four oh, week old. It sure is, man. The rest of the family are in bed. Oh, I, just, I just came out to the studio to keep the noise on the on the low. Yeah. Oh, nice one, nice Happy one. You're all you're all protected in your soundproof booth, then. Exactly. There Very you go. good. Shall we run through the stories again, Trish? Yes. Well, yeah. Okay. So, Fintan, if you wouldn't mind taking us through your three facts about yourself and. Uh, yeah, let's let's hear them again. And so a few years back, I went on a shamanic healing retreat to Peru, mm. where we'd, we would go to, around to a lot of sacred sites, hanging out with shamans and doing ceremonies and just general kind of rituals. Um, I love that. I know. That sounds incredible. Yeah, you can imagine. If it happened. I, yeah, there you go. So I don't, do you want me to go? I can go further. Do <laughs> you want more details than that? Do you? Yeah, we will be picking your brain in a minute. We will be. Okay. Don't think you've got off lightly at all. Yeah, okay. So, so I'll keep on going with this one then, will I? On this? Mm-hmm. No, give us number two. Just give us number, number, number two. two. Okay, yeah. so what was number two again? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you didn't write these down, did you? <laughs> um... Wait, what? what? You recently <laughs> became <Veganism>. vegan. <laughs> oh, yes, yes, of course. <laughs> I've got the baby brain going already. Like, That's right. You didn't yes. bring the baby into the world. Well, it's been world. off the meat and the cheese. You're losing you all go. those That's proteins. it. Like, I'm just trying to do my part for the family. Now, um, so, so my brother, my brother is a personal trainer. And mm. about two years ago, he... Uh, became a vegan and so I kind of naturally I take a lot of dietary advice and just health advice off him mm. so he kind of got me into it I just did a load of research and ended up giving up all animal products my, like for since I'd say it was about a year and a half ago mm. this started um, and yeah just you kind of adjust fairly fast as you can imagine it just means that you can't have any like 
naughty snacks, you know. Like yeah. every like treat is off the cards. You're just like eating, eating carrots in the evening. <laughs> you make it sound. So you're sad. really not selling it. You make it sound so no, grim. Vintage. You don't no, have to I'm just have carrots. Look, no, I like carrots. <laughs> Listen, you can take your carrot-based snacks and get the hell out of here. <laughs> no, there's good alternatives around. If you, if you are, that would be fine. Okay, uh, but uh, okay. So number. Th- Three was that we are in the process of buying land mm-hmm. and we are going to be engaging in a self build, which yeah. is kind of already underway anyway, and which will probably go on for the next my whole life because <laughs> <laughs> I'll never have time to do it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, but a so, key detail being, Fintan, that this is happening next week for next you. Next week. There you go. Mm, I see. God. I see. Now, uh, I'll just uh, I'll go first. Uh, with, I'm just getting my detective hat on and the old monocle. Trish, will you help me with my jacket here and help yeah. my, with my uh, Sherlock Holmes? <laughs> Dude, <laughs> now, gear is in. Vinton. When you went on this mad trip to Peru, did yeah. you have any uh, uh, ayahuasca tea uh, <laughs> where you, you just had a psych out moment and like had a found your soul and things like that? I wish. No, no, <laughs> no, no I didn't because I, I was quite young when I went. I was in my, my in my teens, so oh. I was definitely like interested in trying to do that, but uh, I wasn't. Wouldn't have been allowed. Okay, mm. so did you did you go with your parents? Yeah, exactly. they didn't want you on the old ayahuasca for yeah, like, well, for no. five. <laughs> just let you into like, the desert on, for a, or the jungle for a five day trip. <laughs> let me take the San Pedro guy. No, I unfortunately I didn't. So what yeah. did so you what, do in Peru? No, and also we, what age were you oh, when yeah. you? Uh, I was fourteen then. Okay. So. This is a, a, a long while back. Okay. God, your okay. family are super cool. So you went to the shamanic eating recruit. Like my family was taking me to uh, freaking tea parks. That was not fun. Yeah. <laughs> we went to Germany once. Uh, I guess that no. was something. <laughs> <laughs> that was something. Yeah. Uh, okay. So what? Yeah. So tell us, what did you get up to in Peru? So we were going around basically with a group of people, mm. um, staying staying in like the same place every night, but basically traveling around every single day to different sites that had like great sacred meanings, you know, like different agricultural sites and like up to Machu Picchu. And Yeah, I was just going to say, Machu Picchu's in Peru, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. what was that like? Crazy going yeah. there, like, because it's in the middle, you have to, I don't know why we were going in the middle of the night traveling oh. there and it's kind of like, thinking back on it now, I'm like, that seems pretty... <laughs> Why did they do that? (laughs) (laughs) They could have just done it in the day. (laughs) But uh, it's just a massive long trek to get there. So you kind of have to travel through nights you get there in the daytime. Mm. It's amazing, though. Like, there's there's nothing quite like it. And then you're hanging out with these shamans as well who are, like, the most, like, (laughs) zen masters on the planet. They're they're hilarious. Like, they're so cool. What kind of of things do they say? What kind of things? Did what they kind say? of things? Oh my gosh, she's are... really. <laughs> no! <laughs> what? Oh, oh don't my... get me started. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no. Uh, Have they got any like yeah. mantras or any like, you know, just is words <laughs> of wisdom coming out of there 24 uh, 7? Ev- everything that they're talking about is kind of to do with like nature and the mountains and schools mm. and, you know. Mm. So I was, it was an amazing experience to have. Like, I would recommend anyone doing it and, and to get on San Pedro while you're there. I mean, <laughs> you might as well. 
So yeah, mm. it, was, it was amazing. Like the once in a lifetime experience, and delighted to have had the opportunity. Wow! All right, Trish, I'm convinced. that checks out. Every bit of that is you just feels true. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Okay. That or is, unless you are an incredible. I know liar. you've got to be like the best, most detailed liar in the world. <laughs> the fact that they traveled overnight and got no, come on. Who's thinking well, up it's like that? Like a movie script. Yeah. <laughs> come on. And I think you've you've been occupying yourself with other things recently than to come up with such a detailed yeah. lie. That was <laughs> and if say this is a lie I would be ringing them up to work on their I don't know tourism board because you have totally sold these <laughs> yeah, yeah. recruits yeah, yeah absolutely we're going to I'm Machu Picchu <laughs> yeah I'm scrapping my trip to Spain this year Trish and it's that? Machu Picchu all the way <laughs> and we're old enough to try the ayahuasca so absolutely <laughs> there you go yeah. you guys feel like losing my you. mind at some point yeah. <laughs> or finding yourself right, okay, right. Finding that's yourself. what it's about yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay now the vegan is it your yeah. brother, is he older or younger? He's two years older than me. So you're just the little brother copying what your older brother does because he went vegan, now you're going vegan too. Am I right? There you go. That's <laughs> it. Like, I'm going to have to have another kid so he can teach the other kid how to do stuff. <laughs> now, so you've been vegan for what, 18 months now, did you say? Yeah, okay. basically. And um, what what was it exactly that spurred you to to take this? Is it, were you already kind of vegetarian? Were you already kind of experimenting with veganism, or what happened? Yeah, like my my girlfriend is fairly she'd be fairly alternative with her diet, like wouldn't eat much mm. meat or anything, or try to not eat kind of cow's dairy, like and okay, a few different things. So it's kind of fairly kind of swinging that way, anyway, you know, and always try to be as open minded as possible. I think we, me and my brother got kind of pissed one night and we were watching a documentary, I think, what was it called? Um, Cowspiracy. I think. Oh, yeah, yes. on Netflix. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I haven't <laughs> seen it, but yeah. And yeah. we were getting kind of rowdy, like drinking gin and tonics. Like, <laughs> getting <laughs> rowdy <laughs> watching a <laughs> vegan <laughs> duck. <Yeah. laughs> yeah. It's like, geez, what happened to us, That's, man? that's 2022 <laughs> peak. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, I just remember it hitting home, and like I was, he was already on that that buzz, and I kind of just kickstarted me to just say, you know what, enough is enough. I'm mm. doing it. You took a stand. Um, Eighteen months. Yeah, okay. there you okay. go. Do you miss anything about uh, the carnivorous life? Like somebody here is saying, uh, he reckons number two is false because you couldn't live without a good burger. What? <laughs> what do you miss? Seventy million burger emojis. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's gas. Like, no, like, I think, yeah, me, like, I mean, you just get used to it as well, you know? Mm. If you're if you're doing something for long enough, then you kind of don't, you forget how the other side of the fence is, you know? Yeah, so. maybe. <laughs> yeah. Plus, you don't get Deliveroo out in West Cork either, so you can't yeah, be, there you go. You can't can't, be like dialing up five guys in the middle of the night, yeah. so... <laughs> <laughs> That's it. Um, but like, because what's wrong with a bit of like goat's cheese or a bit of milk or you know? Yeah, you, there you go. Like, yeah. I mean, each to their own. Exactly. Right. You, the man is saying he's vegan. I know. I'm just saying. I, I'm just saying. I would find it tough. Well, you know? I got it's enough not about going you. on to listen to this. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so nah. sorry, bro. Nah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I look, no. hey, Trish. That yeah. also checks out. 
Yeah, so, I, I Fintan, know. what? Tell us more about your lie. Oh the third story. <laughs> 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 Considering well, the like, first two are absolute nailed on truths, let's hear the lie. Okay, well, <laughs> who's to say? <laughs> so, like, we, it's you know how it is. I, well, I don't know. Do you know how it is? Building a house, like... Um, it's, I've watched a lot of TikTok scratch. videos, so I feel like <laughs> I'm a part of some of these self-builds. Go on. <laughs> yeah. Like, it's, you think something's going to happen, and then it's, nothing happens, and then people just... It just seems like a very slow industry, like, to yeah. get any progress Snail's from... Pace. Like, you really, like, no matter how much stuff you do, and you're just constantly having to chase people up for everything all the time. So it just seems like you think you're doing it now. It's like, I think you're doing it next week. It's like, when is it even going to happen? We thought mm. we already had three other sites <laughs> by now. There's mm. <laughs> just kind of things, I guess, when we, if you're not experienced, like, in engineering or, like, agricultural qualities, then I guess it's like you're just going to kind of come across unexpected hurdles all the time that are going to set you back, like, so we're, our idea is to be building in the next couple of years. The main thing first is getting the land and the planning permission. Like once you, once we can get that, then the idea is to kind of move on to the land with a mobile home and just start working on the mobile home, doing it up a little bit, move my studio over there and then start saving again to build the actual house. Like, But I'm working on drawings at the moment with an architect. And oh, did you design? Like did most you of my do the night. designs? I, I, do, I drew the floor plan, so oh. getting, getting an architect to hone in on them then, you know. Because, like, I don't know, the basic stuff of, like, like how wide should a hallway be? <laughs> I don't know. The age-old <laughs> question. Yeah, there you go. You'll I, only I'm find the answer to that in Peru. <laughs> <laughs> it's all coming full circle yeah, exactly. from when I was 14. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. The one thing I would suggest for something like this as well is Pinterest. I've yeah, seen a lot of yeah, a lot of self builders. I, I do so, use mm. Pinterest so much for it. Like it's really handy. In fairness, mm. um, like yeah, it's, it takes ages. That's pretty much all I do at the moment. Apart from uh, changing nappies, is just like looking at <laughs> septic tank systems, different <laughs> stuff. All the, of course, I'd be like boring my girlfriend, <laughs> honey. Um, what, what do you think about uh, <laughs> this cladding here? <laughs> okay. Every time I turn around, she's just asleep. Like guys, no. <laughs> no. It's like I've got like, bigger what? issues. Yeah. Yeah. So oh. there, that's my life at the moment. Okay. Really summed up okay. just researching on selfbuild.ie and how to build a house. <laughs> Mm. Again, another, another convincing. very convincing story. Yeah, I'm actually not. So, I'm um, I'm a bit, a bit torn now, Trish. I'm fully torn. Okay, I, I have no idea. I'm gone completely. Do our listeners oh, know? Eight, seven Do six seven nine seven one zero four. Does anyone anyone they're saying? What are they saying? Number well, we've one? got number two. Yeah, uh, is Couple the false number one. Number one. Number one. Okay. Number one. Okay. Nobody's saying number three. Nobody's saying number three. Hmm. Okay, Fintan, tell us one of the stories that is true. Okay. So, I did go to Peru. Yeah, that felt proper legit. That there, really was too many, there was too did. many details from the start. It um, was, yeah. They were vivid, vivid memories. You're never going to yeah. forget that, Fintan. Yeah. yeah. Um, Majority of our text line was wrong. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, yeah, God they were. damn it. Yeah, yeah just shut him down. <laughs> uh, you just up the ante here. No? <laughs> so, Trish, um, what, what now between the two, what are you going to go for now? 
Well, I'm going to say it's number two, vegan. Is not true. Yeah, not true. Yeah, I'm going to go with that as well. Yeah. Yeah. Finland. I think you might be a good vegetarian. I, I think you might be on the way to veganism. I don't think you've reached it quite yet. Mm-mm. And your story of the self build there, uh, yeah, you know, the Pinterest and the planet. No, that's that's happening. No way that it is a man be real. who is definitely trying to build his own yes. house. And, yeah, sorry, yeah. <laughs> under duress about it. <laughs> so go on. Put us out of our misery. Yeah, you know, you are correct. Number two, I was vegan though for like a year. A year? Oh, ah, and you couldn't keep it up? Well, when the missus got pregnant, she just started wanting to eat all of this Dairy, stuff, like, ice cream, yeah, burgers. burgers. Beef and everything mm. all the time. It's like, well, who am I to say no? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Any old excuse to get me out of this goddamn yeah. veganism. I'm there like Lark. dropping burgers into my face. You think I want to do this? <laughs> 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 Look at what you've made me become. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, the veganism thing isn't actually that bad. Like, I got really into it for a while um, but I'm, I'm kind of just fairly loose all around with the whole thing like so well we I tried it out good quality stuff yeah and make sure you're like just not cutting corners on the way that it's produced then that's the best way to do it fair like, enough mm. and everything in moderation I think as exactly, we, we spoke man. to a um, vegan the Ve- head of veganuary and she, even she was like no look you don't have to go full vegan all the time um, you know just try and cut back as best as you can I, I think we can all kind of get on board with that True. 100% because yeah. like people start going overload then on soy products which yeah the well exact this same is thing it as well. so true like point just, true point just take, yeah do it all in moderation and yeah everything will be fine try and be like, quality locally sourced all those good things that we know there you go this is like an advert I swear I'm seeing <laughs> <laughs> between Machu Picchu I know and the, and the new house it's just one big <laughs> ad yeah, yeah. And, and your voice lends itself so well to it the does. ad it does You're right a great like, voice. Yeah, yeah, and a good, nice. good Cork accent too. Gee, nice I hope it's coming through on the phone. Yeah, right, yeah, yeah, yeah. Does it come through when you're performing? Yeah, I think so. Does it? Like, when well, he's singing? I mean, yeah. Hmm. I don't know. Maybe, well, no, I don't think so, actually. Okay. <laughs> I, I go back on that. <laughs> okay, yeah. that's all right. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so, Finton, you describe yourself as a lo-fi indie singer-songwriter. What's a lo-fi indie Lo-fi, like, I mean, technically lo-fi is kind of way off the mark of what it actually means as a genre. Like, it's kind of been, it's like a more recently coined genre. Like, lo-fi often is quite, like, down-tempo, like, spacious-sounding stuff, you know? Mm. Um, fairly chilled. It's kind of just a way of, it's, its technical meaning isn't what the genre actually means. Like, it's kind of like a sub-genre of just more relaxing Basey music, I think you know. Okay, so like a slow, um, just, slower pace. Is it? Yeah, slower pace typically, and like maybe quite a minimalistic kind of style to the songs and right. songwriting and production as well. You know? Okay, okay. Um, it's kind of quite tied to another genre called bedroom pop. There would usually be, to be honest, mm. like labels are kind of you know like I, they're handy for marketing. Like once once I started kind of putting that down on stuff for any kind of promotional. Um, campaigns I was running I started hitting more of the kind of target audience that I wanted to be hitting with my music you know so yeah. I just kind of stuck with it like it's kind of like what does that mean I don't know but it seems to get me in the right place <laughs> 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 like I listen to other music like that so I think mm. if I if I like the sound of that music and then I think that's the right audience for me you know okay, okay. and you're a multi-instrumentalist as well how many instruments do you play 
Uh, 14. No, 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 I don't, wow. I don't know. No, I, like, and I started in Machu Picchu. Yeah. Oh, come yeah. on. <laughs> I play the lute. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I don't even know, to be honest. I just kind of dabble on everything. Like, I run, run a recording studio here down in West Cork. Like, so I kind of, you have to be able to, to handle yourself on some extent of stuff, you know, because otherwise it's like, I can't plug it in. <laughs> I don't know how to do it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Is this uh, a so, piano or a guitar? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. They're all the don't ask me. Yeah. I just yeah. run this studio. You're asking the wrong guy. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. you run this? You run a studio? Yeah, I built mm. a studio down in West Cork. Great. Um, What's I, a, I'll give a little Hill plug studio. there. What's it called? Ivy Hill Studios. Nice. It's just, just outside Skibbereen. Mm. Um, it's quite an intimate commercial recording studio. We've got everything here for your needs. Um, well, orchestral, maybe we can't stretch that far. Okay, but, but yeah, depending on what the project is. Yeah. But yeah, we can we can accommodate bands and like independent singer songwriters of all shapes and sizes down Amazing. here. We opened up last year, and that's pretty much what's kind of absorbed my life up until um, Joey arriving there. So, <laughs> so how, and how has it been going for you? Great, yeah. unbelievable. I built nice. it just for myself and just to, it was meant as a rehearsal space before COVID happened. We were like, we got to get a better place to rehearse. Like, I'm yeah. just going to build a shed. And then COVID <laughs> happened and everything, all the gigs and tour got cancelled. And it was just like, well, maybe I'll keep working on the shed then. That'll keep me sane. I think you, yeah, can you stop doing the shed now? <laughs> <laughs> I've been playing music for ages. Like, I spent like a year building this shed. Like, making it into like, And then it just became a studio because people just kept seeing me putting up pictures and saying like, oh, I'd love to come in and record in there. And I was like, you can't record in here. This is my shed. <laughs> after a while, I was Get like, wait, definitely let these guys go in here. Yeah. Yeah, my prices are. Uh, <laughs> I don't know if you're going to afford them. And then people started jumping on it. It was like, okay, sweet. I'm just going to do this. Then. <laughs> and will you be transplanting the, this shed onto the new site? Yeah, that's the plan, like, mm, for sure. Um, okay. see, see, we built it initially, me and my buddy, um, with the plan of being able to take it apart again, like flat packed, without yeah. having to take out all the wiring and insulation and everything. Ah, handy. Um, but I just know how, like, <laughs> much mm. of a mission it was trying to like make it all look really good all the finishing touches inside i spent months and months doing it so i'm like uh maybe let's go to plan b we gotta lift this bad boy (laughs) yeah right off its foundations it's it's, it's on building blocks like okay so i'm just kind of consulting with like engineers to see how How about like kind of move it as one trying to yeah get it as one it's a, it'll be a, a hairy mix. Good luck with sure. that. But the self-building <laughs> yeah. will be not yeah. an issue because you've spent the last two years building a, a full-size studio. So this house is grand. We were worried Hopefully, about you at the start, like, but yeah. there's nothing to worry about. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, luckily, yeah, but that was COVID then, though, and I had no kids. That was like, yeah, I'm just going to work on the shed till, uh, till I don't want to work in the shed anymore. <laughs> <laughs> now, now I can barely like have a shower or anything. <laughs> so it's, and it's Ivy yeah. Hill Studio. So is, is, um, is, can people just ring up and book in times? Or? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. IvyHillStudios.com. You can just check out the website or Instagram or Facebook or whatever. Whatever platform you use really would be on there. Well, apart from Twitter. Uh, <laughs> I haven't branched out onto Twitter with Oh, don't worry, like it's it too toxic. Yeah. Don't worry. I got Twitter for my own solo stuff. It's trying to run all the social media accounts for everything. It's oh like, my gosh. And then 
trying to look after your son as well at the same time. I haven't done any, anything on any of them. Something needs to take stupid. priority there. Yeah, yeah, all right. We're bringing the studio on a Twitter. No. <laughs> Forget the boy. Think about the, twi- think about the tweets. And a sweet, sweet, sweet. Yeah, Ivy Hill Studios, you can check it out. We'd be happy. To, like, it's been closed more or less now. Like, there's been a couple of people who work away in here on their own which has been a blessing for the last couple of weeks, just having knowing people are working away in there still without me having to be involved. But um, yeah, it's kind of, we're, we're flexible, whether you want rehearsal space, me to produce stuff for you and co-write stuff for you, or you just want to come in with your own producer, or whatever you want. Is that where your passion lies, Fintan? Is it more in the studio as opposed to like performing and being on stage? Yeah, for sure. It mm. always was, really. I was quite introverted mm. with my music, like, from when I started out. I was just quite shy. I'm not very introverted in other aspects of life. I was always kind of quite private about my music, so I just liked doing it more in the kind of studio setting with headphones and, like, everyone else go away. I'm working now. <laughs> but, <laughs> so, yeah, it just kind of evolved naturally from there. Like, obviously, got into doing live stuff because it's pretty much impossible to promote yourself otherwise. And it's so fun as well doing live stuff, but I, I always, my heart always goes back to just chilling in the studio and just taking my time with it, you know? Mm. But you're full of talent and we love seeing you on stage. You were one of the five finalists at the Hot Press Radio Initiative. Remember back in the Irish Music Month and you were yeah. one of the five. You were incredible on stage, Vinton. Like it has to be said, you're just, you're so talented. Um, and also you were one of the Hot for 2021 yeah, there you go. Hot Press have been kind. Got hot for 2022 as well. Oh. Uh, so I better <laughs> scratch and cancel the self-build. <laughs> We're making the album. we got to capitalize on all this heat. The, this spice won't last. Hot for 2022 to build a cabin. Yeah, yeah. exactly. <laughs> no, hot Press have been really good to me. Yeah, that's last good. While, right? yeah. Like, yeah, to be honest, the support's been amazing for the past couple of years. Like, I'm delighted. So, yeah, better... Better keep it up and not not let the ball uh, completely deflate now with having a son like that. Yeah. <laughs> and you yeah. also you also have a brand new song out. Um, Fenton, would you do us the honor of introducing the song for us? Sure, will. Hi, I'm Fenton McCain. You're listening to Dublin South 104, and this is my latest single, Amber. This is Room 104. FM 104. Step right 
Fintan, we love it. That is your brand new tune, Amber. So, what was that one about? So, Fintan? For my girlfriend. Ah, there you are. <laughs> we couldn't yeah, hear so, you there for yeah. a sec. Oh, can you, can, you can hear ah, me now. Yes, you're back. Sound. Yeah, yeah, it's just a love song for the for my girlfriend, Kate. Um, I hadn't written her a love song ever, so it kind of sparked inspiration when we found out we were going to have the baby, and I just thought... I'm just going. Oh, you, just you've got Trish in tears now, Fintan. Uh, Look what you've made her do. It's too much, <laughs> Fintan. Between the cute uh, baby and love songs, like, just stop. Yeah, love and life, to be honest. <laughs> I've got it easy now here down at West Cork. Like yeah. It is. Yeah. It's a different It's a different way of life down there, isn't it? It's just a different For pace. Sure. It's Yeah. Do you yeah. kind of just forget about the what's going on in, you know... <laughs> The Pretty outside much, world. For sure. Like with, with the studio here, there's no windows yeah. in there either. So oh, great. <laughs> sometimes you're in here and you come out in the, in the night, it's like, whoa, it's yeah. nighttime now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what happened? Uh, yeah, exactly. Yeah. You know, the so, apocalypse but, yeah. could be happening, but you're down in West Cork near uh, Skibbereen. One just... of the last places. Yeah, exactly. Uh, you're Drina. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we'll be coming to duck for cover down there. Yeah. 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 Come on down there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Sounds amazing. So, Fintan, what's on the cards um, for the future? What's going on? I know you've just released a single, um, but gigs-wise, what's coming up? Yeah, so I've been in touch with a couple of venues down in West Cork there about getting some gigs gigs organised for kind of later summer, basically. Mm. Obviously, with the baby, I'm kind of like trying to slow my schedule down for the first few months just to kind of get get used to it all. Like, I've got a band coming into the studio there in a couple of weeks where I'm going to be producing their album doing their album for them. So it's kind of like juggling between doing the production work for other people, you know, and then I've got loads of my own tracks. The kind of collaborations is, is more the, the route I'm going down with some tracks now because I just think it's just nice to bring some other flavors to the table, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, 
So I've got a couple of tracks in the work with, with songwriters down here that I'm recording at the moment. Haven't been for the past couple of weeks. So I took a little break, but getting back into it now in the next couple of weeks. And basically just aiming to try and put out another, I'd say like, it's hard to know always, should you just keep shooting for singles or try and put together Yeah, an what album, is the approach? You know? Yeah, a good question, honestly, because do albums, do they the do it anymore? Was, yeah. Or like, do, yeah, you know? like, it's nice to have a full collection, like True. a proper thought-out product, but at the same time, I put out like a bunch of EPs and quite lengthy things before, and yeah. I found that you end up kind of just burying some of the material, just the way that the nature of streaming platforms mm. nowadays, it's kind of like, Everything's like on shuffle without you even knowing it. Exactly. You put on an album and then next thing you know, you're probably not even listening to that album that, anymore. Or that like, artist. Or, yeah, exactly. Yeah, the algorithm know? takes hold. and Yeah, and it just brings you on a different journey and mm. then you're like, oh, now they only heard one of my songs. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. that's interesting. Like you can get a lot more mileage out of putting out singles kind of at a time. Kind but, of consistent yeah. on a consistent level. Yeah, it's. I know it kind of seems like it's it sounds lazy almost that way but it's just it's just trying to adapt to the music yeah, industry you know? exactly. that's and the way we all changing, do it it's a changing scene yeah it's just trying to react to the listener because like, that's the way we all music really is even I do that it's pretty much like playlists like you're just listening to loads of different artists all the time I try yeah, to listen to much. albums but I don't know it doesn't always happen you know and yeah I know it's yeah. nice to go back there right yeah but but yeah, so it's kind of time between should I be trying to put together the album or just keep kind of going along with the singles and getting some good shows and stuff fucked because I think playing gigs is going to be one of the main things that's going to be bringing things to the table, you know? Yeah, mm. absolutely, absolutely. And now we're back. Oh, Yeah, yeah. yeah. happy days. Long way like, continue. Yeah, exactly, loving it. Mm. And Finton, if we were looking for your music on all of the different musical platforms, what should people search for? Just my full name, Finton McCahey. Everything is just under that. I'm the only person with that name. Like, so you're not going to find anything else. Um, That's Instagram, lucky. <laughs> Facebook. Yeah, it's handy. I was like, well, I'm just going to stick with that. Yeah, yeah, and my yeah. dad and uncle are quite like well-known musicians as well. So I was like, well, ah. whatever, I'm just going to stick with that name. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, Finton McCahey across the board on every platform you can think of. Hopefully I'm there. I should be anyway. Nice one. Same on <laughs> yeah, social media then? Yeah. yeah. Sorry. Sorry, yeah, same, same for social, social media. media. Yeah, yeah. Exactly, okay. Instagram, Facebook, all those. Nice one, nice Finton one. But yeah, guys, thanks so much for having me on. Like. Oh, yeah, you are, great. You're a brilliant sport, Fintan. Yeah. And look, yeah. all the best with everything. I really feel like you have such a strong name as well. Like you just wanted me to say it, like Fintan yeah. McCarthy. Yeah. 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 Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Power to you, my boy. <laughs> that's right, that's right. Uh, thanks so much. Yeah, well, keep Jack. things real down there in West Cork. Yeah, I, know you will. I will, guys. Yeah, yeah, nice yeah. one. And good yeah. luck Appreciate with the music it. as well. Yeah, yeah. Best luck nice with everything. One. Cheers. All right. Have a good one, guys. You bye, too, Fintan. Oh, and say have hello to little one. Joey for us. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I yeah. will do. I'll be putting up a few pics of him anyway. So. <laughs> nice Keep one. your eyes peeled. No. <laughs> right. Take it easy. Take after easy. yourself. Have bye, a good bye. one. Uh, another good guest. That's right. Oh, I really, really Great enjoyed guess. that. My God, he's really good at telling a story, isn't yeah, he? For sure. Like yeah. I was, I'm hook, line, and sinker sold. I am going to Machu Picchu. That's right. We're definitely <laughs> we're we going to Peru. Going, we're going to Peru. I'm, I'm checking the flights already. Don't know how we get there, but we will. <laughs> we'll walk, even if we have to walk. Yeah.
<laughs> Do check him out though on social Fintan McCahey and you just heard his brand new track Amber. Mm, Quite excellent. like that as well. Yeah, Nobody's nice. writing me love nice songs. My fella's well, a musician as well. I, I still am, I've yet to get myself a song. <laughs> wow. I know, right? Wow. Anywho, we'll take a little break now. But coming up is a bit of Make Me Feel Good from Belter. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you found the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. It's only. It's Trish and Kev on a Room 104. And right now we have Marvin Hitchman here to talk to us about his traumatic childhood, 20-year crack addiction, and how he managed to get clean and turn it all around. Welcome to the show. Thank you. Welcome, guys. Thank you very much. Thank you for having me on. Brilliant. Nice to speak to you guys. It's good to have you. Now, Lee, take us back to the very beginning. You were born into a situation that is foreign to so many. What was the circumstances surrounding your birth? Well, I was born in a prison, actually. I was born in HMP Women's Style Prison in Cheshire. Uh, My mum and dad were both uh, teenagers. Uh, I believe my dad was a teenager as well. Um, So... She was unsure whether to keep me or not because of my skin colour, because she fell in love with a black man, which got pregnant to a black man. Um, so she was, and her family was very religious because the Greek, I'm Greek Orthodox. So uh, she was very unsure whether to be able to keep me or not. So she got out of prison, left me in the orphanage, and I was uh, adopted off a Jamaican man and a, a Welsh woman. They saw me in the orphanage. I got 15 months I was in the orphanage in total. Then they they um, introduced me to their house. Uh, but I was a very traumatic child. I was born in distress. Um, so from the, as early as I can remember, I used to like bang my head off the pillow and I was wee in the bed a lot and I was uh, very upset, you know, a lot and as a child. And one of the first things I remember is my adoptive mum saying to me, uh, I never burnt you. She used to smoke heavily and she used to say to me, I never burnt you. It wasn't me. So I never figured out what it meant for a long while. And she, she told me I had a burn, a cigarette burn right dead centre of my back, 
what happened from from when I was born to her getting me, and she was like telling me she never did it. So yeah, I was very traumatized as a young child. Um, I used to like run away a lot, and I used to like pick berries off the tree. And because she told me I was wanted as a child, and my mum really wanted to keep me. Ultimately, um, I was a very confused little child, you know. So me we in the bed and stuff, it didn't really go down well with my Jamaican dad because he was quite, he was raised very strict. So he only knew one way how to discipline somebody and that was through using like his hands or using his belt or the bamboo cane in the corner and whatnot. So he used to go quite hard on me a lot, you know, when I was wee in the bed and stuff. And I think he was just frustrated. I'm not excusing it, you know what I mean? I do seem to excuse him a lot, but you know, uh, he only knew one way how to discipline me, he said, so he used to beat me a lot. So that used to make me even more confused. So one day I'm um, going in and out the empty houses on my estate and I see a, a guy asleep in an empty house. I push the door onto him and he like jumps up. So I run away the next day I go back, I go in, there's loads of glue bags in the, in the room and um, He'd been glue sniffing, so I give it a try. Like, got the glue out the bag and started sniffing it, and it took me to this place where uh, it was just different to the earth, the planet I was on. I was hallucinating heavily, you know. I was a child hallucinating heavily, and I felt that was normal at the time. Um, How old were you at that age? I was eight then when I started oh. when I first tried the glue. And I was eight years of age when I first tried the glue, and then I. I quickly progressed onto gas as well. Started trying butane gas. Um, so I used to do that a lot. I was around, uh, I was in the city centre and near my estate, there's a lot of working girls around there and not a lot of them was doing gas. So I was just like watching what they was doing type thing. So I really, didn't really have no guidance as a child. You know, my adopted mum, she gave me a lot of love for Welsh woman. Um, she tried her hardest to guide me on the right path. But like I say, being told that you're, um, you was wanted as a child and your mum wanted to keep you, she didn't want to give you away, sort of confused me a lot, you know, as a mm. child. Yeah. When and Marvin, did you have, uh, did you have uh, other siblings in that family or was it just you and your adopted Well, my, my adoptive sister, she was five years older than me. Um, and she was told very young, quite sad, really. She was told that she wasn't wanted, that mm. her mum wanted to a career over her. She was told all her life by my adoptive mum and dad, yeah, you wasn't wanted. You wanted a career as a nurse. She wanted a career as a nurse. She didn't want you. And she never got over that, tell you the truth. She used prescription drugs off the doctor all her life, and she sadly overdosed on them. 2020, the end of 2020, maybe. She died last year, uh, beginning of the year before, yeah, so which was quite tragic. Um, awesome. uh, uh, yeah, my niece found her bent over in the living room and she'd overdosed on prescription medication. Mm. So really she, yeah, she never got over it. But the funny thing is, she, would, she used to tell me that I'd be dead before I was 30. She always used to say it was a running joke because... Uh, as I say, I was trying all different kinds of drugs as a child. Um, 11 and 12, I was trying LSD and 13, I was trying amphetamine. Um, 
because it was like the time of like the, the summer of love, all of the party drugs, ecstasy, and that had just started happening. Mm. So I was born in 74, so I'm talking like eight, 1988, the summer of love had just started. So I'm trying all these different drugs that are coming out everywhere, you know, and uh, I was always looking for my mum. I always used to think about my adoption when I was growing up because I was with the burn on my back as well. Uh, it stuck with me a lot, you know, and I had no guidance as such, you know, I had nobody to tell me not to do it. it and it was, it was wrong, me taking drugs, you know what I mean? I would not tell anyone to take drugs to get in. To deal with anything because it doesn't help you at, at all it just kind of masks the problem if you know what i mean it doesn't really get to the point so yeah i did that for a number of years and then um i left school i got expelled from school actually for playing up and i went to another school where they put you if you're like a, a kid who plays up in that school and anyway they just let me go so i got a job at my, I got my first job was at my sister. My sister got me a job in a clothing factory. And straight away, I got to stealing from the clothing factory. I found like a kink in the system where I could steal loads of um, quilt covering curtain sets and bedding sets. And like I say, I just, I wasn't thinking straight, you know. So my first ever job, I was stealing. I, I ended up getting caught. I got a caution, arrested and a caution, theft from a workplace. Um, prior to that, I was in the city centre doing, playing around um, with like old lads who was gangs, but not as such gangs. But yeah, I was playing with that type of gangs and they was doing taxing, which is street robbery ultimately. So I was doing that as well. So I got convicted for a street robbery. Then I got convicted for selling uh, fake ecstasy as well. Um, ended up getting raid I went I ended up selling these fake pills I got followed home from a club the police took the door I found all the pills um me thinking that because it wasn't real drugs I could get away with it and I just said to him yeah I've been selling them uh, thinking they couldn't do anything and of course they can still give um, convict you for, for doing that it's still a crime yeah so yeah I I was in a club one day, I was 17, and I was dancing on the dance floor. There was this girl dancing on the dance floor, and I got talking to her. It turns out she was, she'd lived on my estate. So she said to me, have you ever took cocaine? So I said, uh, like I sort of shown off a little bit and said, well, I've tried it. And the only thing I had did is tried it in a joint. You know, it had been passed around to me, and someone had said, there's cocaine in that. But I'd never, like, snorted it or anything. So she asked me, did he ever try cocaine? So I kind of said, yeah, I've tried it before. And she came in with a crack pipe. Little been on to me, it was crack. And I had to go with this crack at 17. And I was addicted straight away. I became immediately addicted. Um, crack cocaine is not, is not named the most deadliest addictive drug on the planet for no reason. Um, it is extremely addictive. So, so up until point, that point, Lee, you had tried other drugs, milder drugs. Um, yeah. And when you were going home, was there ever any inclination that your parents were ever aware that you were on anything? Well, yeah, I got caught sniffing gas off my sister when I was about 10. Um, oh, I was it. sat in my mum's chair and I was on. I was actually in taking gas through my mouth like inject his um, thingy in the gas with the gas tin the tip of the gas in my mouth 
So I was in, and I was in with the fairies, and she was asleep, you know, to me upstairs. I thought she'd gone to town with my mum and dad. She smacked me around the face really hard. Then I realised it come back, come round to reality. And she told my mum and dad that I'd been taking the gas. So they started locking it away, but I found the key, and I ended up still doing it. Yeah. Mm. So oh. that was me on the road to kind of drugs and that road. Yeah. And so um, se- yeah, go ahead, Trish. No, I was just going to continue there and say at 17, then when you met this girl that introduced you to crack cocaine, what, what was the effects of that? Wow. What was the effects of that? Oh my God. So what were the effects of that? I um, started doing robberies and stuff, not, not serious robberies. I was just like, there was heroin dealers on my estate. It wasn't off that my, didn't, he was selling drugs on my estate, but wasn't off my estate. So I ended up uh, robbing them, robbed a couple more drug dealers, took the drugs, you know, petty, petty crimes. And then I kept, I started, uh, I had no choice. I done a lot on my estate and I borrowed and got on tick and everything and not paid it back because I was known as a crack, crackhead then. So I went to Moss Side at the time, which was Gunchester, and there was a gang war going on at the time. So I ended up dropping myself 1994, right in the middle of a gang war, um, as a crackhead, like trying to earn bits of crack and selling crack for people and whatnot. And it just became, it just got, it just amplified to the point where I was running around the streets all day, every day, trying to get money for crack, um, they were breaking the rules, like the unknown rules of the streets. So I was being beaten and I was being, uh, I got shot in Mossai, uh, I got stabbed, um, I got beaten again, I got my head smashed in with an iron bar, I got a dog chewed on me, what they nearly ripped, what did rip my legs to shreds off the gang members. Um, because I was literally running around the streets just trying to make earn money. And it, what was happening is because there was this war going on, this gang war, um, at, we was just getting the back end of it because we was we was on crack, like little fringes of the gangs was on crack. And there was people in the gangs who was secretly on crack as well. Um, and they'd come and ask me to go and, go and find them and house to go and smoke crack in and like say to me, if you ever tell anyone that I'm doing this, like I'll kill you type thing. So um, that's how I was like surviving. And then I was in and out of prison. I was shoplifting and I was getting into cars, um, open cars and breaking windows of cars as well. And this is all while being on crack. So you were high for most of that. I was high for most of that. From 17, yeah, I was just addicted to crack. And I was like in and out of prison, like the local prison is strange ways. So I was in and out of the local prison and I was getting sentences. I was coming in and out like a yo-yo. The minute I got out with the discharge money, what the prison give you, all the money I'd saved in my private car, I'd just go and buy crack straight away because mm-hmm. no one was addressing my crack problem. Um, I had nobody to tell me not to do it, you know, and um, I had no guidance, basically. I, I had no guidance, so I could just do what I wanted. And Marvin, you, you mentioned prison. Uh, how many times do you reckon you've been to prison? And then what was it like inside? Were, were drugs still a big feature of prison life? 
Well, yeah, drugs in prison are absolutely rife. Um, if you've got money, you can get in a lot of debt in prison very quickly. And um, I used to have to do a bit of hits and stuff, what I'm not really proud of, but um, it was necessary to survive. And even doing hits on friends. So I had to basically go to friends and say, look, there's a hit on you um, because you owe 500 quid or whatnot and you're not paying it. And the guy wants to see blood. So I'm going to have to smack you over the eye like you're doing rapses, you know, with your knuckles out slightly, just pop them over the eye. I'd say, look, it won't hurt and you'll see blood and you can get off the wing and you can get away with it then, you know? Mm. So I'd do that, basically. I'd just say to the lad, right, here goes, and just get it over with, lad, you know what I mean? And just do that, yeah. So there was drugs coming over the wall. It was ample. There was drugs coming through staff. There was drugs coming over the wall. There was drugs coming on visits. Um, there was drugs coming through the post. I mean, anything what you could get through the post at the time, there was drugs being stuck to it or hidden in it in one way or the other, do you know what I mean? I mean, I know a lot of people was getting PlayStation controllers at one point that he was filling them up with cannabis. Yeah. So did prison, like, did that instill any fear in you or was that just another It was like life? home to me. I was born in prison one I, it, mm. I was born there. I was, it was home to me, prison, do you know? When I, want, when I went to prison, I mean, everyone had been like, yes, Marv's here, you know, buzzing, you know what I mean? Like, I can go and get my, my wages or I can go and get old off that lad up there who's too big for me to deal with. But now Marv's on the wing. He'll get my my wages, you know, for me and stuff, you know. And that's how I kind of survived in prison is by, like, doing hits or selling drugs for somebody, like someone to get drugs and they, they're too small in stature to sell, sell them and they pass them on to someone else. And then that person would, wouldn't want to front it, so they'd be getting me to sell sell drugs for them and um, don't get me wrong even though there's a lot of drugs in prison every bit of drugs in prison would get sold if there's a buyer for every bit of it do you know what mm. I mean mm. like there's no surplus drugs in prison like any drugs that come on the wing are sucked up straight away gone you know smoked uh, whatever digested ingested you know they're gone in straight away do you know what I mean it doesn't like hang around so uh, yeah I, I was on the crack for for years. Was it, was it ever dangerous for you in prison? I mean, uh, you were carrying out these these acts, but were there hits out on you at any point? Very I mean, did it get violent? Very, very dangerous, yeah. It was very dangerous. I mean, I was making weapons for gang members who like uh, and stuff. It was coming on my wing. It was saying to me, look, I need a weapon and I'm going on a visit and the other gang are there and I need to make sure that I've, I've got a weapon. And, you know, it was like, so, but because I'd never joined the gang, um, I was always classed as a freelancer. So everyone knew if I was doing a hit on you, that was just necessary. I wasn't doing it for anything other than the wages. Do you know what I mean? People mm -hmm. kind of understand that. You know, when you're doing hits, people kind of understand that you're only doing it for the wages. Like, there's no hate in it what you're doing it for, do you know? But did you so, not have any protection because you weren't part of a, a gang though? Mm -hmm. Well, not really. I didn't really need protection, to be honest with you. I was at, I was at uh, not, I wouldn't say I was well known. I wasn't hard at all. You know what I mean? I was just like game, mm. you know, I was more notorious than being anything like, uh, I wasn't classed as like this big man or anything like that. Do you know what I mean? I was just 
when you when you're addicted to crack, you can never really rise to the top of the criminal underworld. Do you know what I mean? Mm. People wouldn't let you. You know, you're just like a drug addict, so you can never get to where you would have if you wasn't on drugs. Do you understand? So. And were you aware of that while you were in there and taking drugs? Because on the outside, your life wasn't going well. And then you go in prison and it's the same thing again. What was your thought process during that? You must have just felt like, okay, so this is this is my life then. This is it. This is it. Yeah, and I did. I thought this is my life, honest to God. Yeah, I just thought uh, I'm going to die like this. So what happened was I was... um, it, it was New Year's Eve 2006 and I was riding near my, in the city centre, it was New Year's Eve, I was riding on my BMX and I've got a full face balaclava on and I see this guy who I know like pimps girls, beats girls up, forces girls on them to be prostitutes. His mm. sister's a prostitute. So I see him with this young girl and my first thoughts was I am not allowing that man to to take this girl onto that beat. There's no way that's happening. So I said to him straight away, you better leave her alone. You better not put her on that beat. If I see you going, putting her on, you just watch. And he's like, I'm not, I'm just out having a drink New Year's Eve. So I said to the girl, I said to her, listen, take my number. I'm like, I don't want anything off you. If you just ever need me for anything, just phone me, but just get away from him. Cause he is just dangerous and violent and he's just a horrible person, okay? So half an hour later, I rung her back. Um, I just, she didn't go out my mind. So I rung her back and I said, are you all right? And she said, no, he's just beat me up. So I went, right, I'm coming to get you. So my first thoughts was, I'm just going to go do him in, beat him up. But uh, he was in the he was in the barn, all the bouncers wouldn't let me in the bar to get to him, but the girl's outside. So I said, do you want get a lift on my BMX? And I've rid her to my friend's house. And me and her sat there and we broke in the new year together chatting. So Did you uh, know her at all beforehand? No, I didn't know her at all. No, I just seen this young girl and I just thought I'm not allowing it to happen. Do you know what I mean? This guy is mm. much older than her and stuff. So it turns out that uh, he'd met her on the way to school when she was 15 in a school uniform and he was 39. Oh. And he was an animal. He was beating her up. He was uh, taking drugs in front of her and other things. What she won't even tell me what things what he really did, you know. Mm-hmm. So I, I went. I was living at my niece's house. I'd just come out of prison, so I'm on license. So I've just come out of prison, and uh, there's this worker at the prison who, when I get out of prison, she has me decorating her house. She shouldn't be doing it. Like, she'd get sacked if it, found, it was found out at the time. But she was let, she was doing it anyway to give me money. So I was giving this girl phone... I was phoning this young girl up and giving her phone credits and top-ups and stuff. And then telling her to get away from this guy. And then one day, about a few days later, she... I phoned her and she said, he's beat me up again. So I said, right, listen, I'm going to phone my niece. Wait there. So I phoned my sister's daughter who was staying in a bedroom at her house and she had already had a baby, babies in the house, two little younguns. So I said, look, um, this girl I've just met, she's being beat up off this guy. She's got nowhere to live. She's having trouble at home. You know, family life's a bit messed up. 
can she stay in the room with me? You know what I mean? Like I'll introduce, no, she's not like a, it's not as if she's like a scruff or she's, you know what I mean? She's looking after herself and that. And she's not taking drugs. She's not a drug addict like me. So I convinced her to, to let this girl come to her house and she was getting on well with the kids and stuff like that. And they ended up, because my niece was only a couple of years older than this girl, and they ended up getting on. So as I say, I was wanted and I was doing this work for this woman, this, this prisoner at work on. And she kind of put it onto me sexually, to tell you the truth. And because I refused her advances, she um, snapped me off, just had nothing to do with me anymore. But there's a story what goes into that. So mm. I'll, I'll just sweep over that and just say, I got recalled to prison. Mm. So the young girl staying at my niece's while I'm in prison. And she's, she's a lot. I asked my niece, look, when I'm in prison, will you let this girl stay at the house? So she said, yeah. So um, I'm speaking to this girl and whatnot. And the police had been involved because he beat her up. He beat her up and the child protection team, police had got involved and wanted her to go to court, wanted her to go to court and get him, get a sentence for him. So he was telling her, don't do it. If you tell the police what I'm doing to you, you're grassing. And I said to her, it's not, I'm a criminal locked in prison. But we have morals as well, do you know what I mean? Like, I wouldn't allow a sex offender near me or somebody who's, a, somebody who's like that or beats women up. I'm not, I don't like them type of people. Mm. So um, I said, I forgot what I was saying then, sorry. Yeah, mm. so um, I said to this girl, I said, look, you've got to go to the police. You've got to c convict him. You've got to give them a statement. Even though I was a criminal, I had my morals about me and I was determined that this man wasn't going to get away with keep beating her up and stuff like that. And he deserved the prison because he'd done something to her sexually when she was a youngster. And in my eyes, that is a sexual offender. If you're committing offences against a minor, sexual offences, you're committing sexual offences, you're, you're, you need to be convicted. So I was telling her that I was saying, look, you need to go to court. And anyway, she she did. And she got him six and a half years in prison. Mm. And I get out of prison and she's terrified. She, she, I'm still in contact with her. And she wouldn't literally go to the city centre on her own. Like without, uh, she just got really scared. Mm. So when he come out of prison, the probation service never told her that he was getting out at all. And one day she just heard he was on the street again, unbelievably. Mm -hmm. So I ended up seeing him one day, and I won't go into what happened, but I told him, like, you better leave her alone because he was still trying to contact her and stuff. And he carried on doing that on and off, and it ended up getting to the point where she um, didn't want to go out on her own. So, Marvin, when yeah. when you got out of, of prison that time, then were yeah. you still using? Were drugs still a part of your life then? I was still still addicted to crack, mm. and uh, I was trying to manage a normal life. Like me and this girl, when when I got out of prison, she said to me, "Look, like we what if we want to have?" I said to her, "If you want to have a relationship with me, you know, because she was speaking to her family again." I said to her, look, you're going to have to get your dad's blessing. Do you know what I mean? Mm. 
So we went to her dad on Christmas Day, unbelievably. She invited me to her family home Christmas Day. And I spoke to her mum and dad and stuff, and we got on really well. And like her brothers and that. And um, my family was really nice. But they knew I was all addicted to drugs. But they knew because I was an orphan, I had no family. They sort of took me under the wing, you know what I mean? And kind of accepted that I was a drug addict. But my crack addiction, I never brought it. Like I say, the girl who I met that night, I'm still with to this day. I've been with ever since. We've been together 15 years. Um, So even though I was a drug addict, I never brought drugs around her. I never shown a crack. I never smoked crack in front of her. Um, I was going out, going to where I was going to make my money for my drug addiction. Mm. And then I was coming home and trying to live a normal life because she had a dog, a little pet dog. So I was trying to live a normal life, but I wanted to get off the crack. And it was so difficult. I'm fighting. I'm fighting to get off the drugs. So she's saying to me, look, you, you have got it in you to get clean. And kind of, she was kind of the only one who had the faith in me that I would get clean. Mm. So I was determined to get clean for that reason. And uh, also, I was working with like the old Salvation Army, and now it's called After Adoption. So there's an adoption agency at work which you do try and help you get find your birth family, basically. So, but because I was a drug addict, they wouldn't open my adoption file with me. They said, look, you're not ready yet. You know, I wanted to find my birth family, but they kept saying to me, you're not ready yet. And I, I know why now, because my adoption worker used to say to me, Lee, she's called me Lee, she used to say, there's not an happy ending at the end of the rainbow. There's not always a happy ending at the end of the rainbow. Okay? And I didn't know what she meant. Obviously, I'm in a blur of drug addiction, so I'm not listening to what she's saying to me. And what she is basically saying to me is, I'll tell you what she's saying. So when I got clean off the drugs, I start, I got, I went to prison and I come out and I just didn't take crack again. My girlfriend mm. here, she used to lock me in the house to make sure I wasn't running out and going on these little missing lists to take drugs. So um, the adoption agency worker seen that was clean and said to me, right, you're ready to open your adoption file. So I walked away dead excited, waiting for this news to come and like meet my mum and stuff like that. And she called me into the office one day. She phoned me up one day and said, I've got news for you. So I'm just thinking, yes, next Tuesday, I'm going to find out about my mum. And she just, I walked in the room and she said, Lee, I'm so sorry. And she just gave me my mum's death certificate and said, she's gone. You know, she'd been gone a long time. So uh, yeah, she was gone. So did that make you feel like you wanted to continue or get back on the drugs then afterwards? Because that must have been devastating, you know, waiting this amount of time and then getting that bad news. It was, yeah, it was really hard to take. Um, But Kira was there to support me and stuff. So it was hard. I won't lie to you, it was really hard to deal with Mm -hmm. um, digesting that because I had all these dreams as a child and growing up that I was going to meet her and stuff. Then she was gone. So they um, said to me, rightly, basically, they sent me a letter saying, we've now got to shut your adoption file down because our offices, our funding's gone from our office. So you're going to have to contact a different office if you need counselling. 
So I sat with that for about three months. And one, one day, I just phoned them up and I said, look, I want to make a complaint. And they got the manager on the phone to me and I explained to him, I've been doing this counselling for many years. My file was open. They can't just close it off like that and leave me without any support. So the, they did a meeting and they phoned me up and said, lucky for you, you're one of thousands of children who we can keep your file with us out of thousands of children who have had to let go. We can keep your file. Um, we can work with it. And we've got some news for you that we have found your birth, birth mum's family. Mm-hmm. And we're going to send all your previous convictions and all your, like, basically, our life history of you to a distant relative of your mother. And they've got to decide whether they want to get to know you or not. So, luckily for me, all my crimes, I've never done anything like shocking. Do you know what petty crimes I did? Yeah. Hmm. The worst I ever did was got got convicted for selling drugs and I wasn't even selling drugs. I was just on a street where I was being filmed and they were selling drugs and that was the worst I ever did, basically. So I knew that my criminal record, if they was open and willing, open people, they'll accept me. And thankfully, my aunt's message contacted them and said, look, we want to meet him straight away. So I had aunties and uncles and everything who wanted to get to know me which was like mind blowing. You know, it was the last thing I expected to be honest with you. After I'd been told my mum was gone, I just thought that was it. So yeah, my aunties, two of my aunties came to Manchester to see me from London and um, we got on really well. And it was just a natural thing. You know, it's my aunties, isn't it? Very close to my mum. So yeah, my auntie told me that how she knew about me was Many years before, she was seeing someone called Marvin, and my mum broke down and told her I had to give a baby up called Marvin. So that's how she knew. And she promised my mum that she would treat me like a son if she ever if they ever found me. So which was nice. Wow. That must have brought you so much peace. Yeah. Knowing that your mum had said that and getting to meet your aunt and your other family that you you've you weren't able to for yeah, so well, long. It's been amazing because from having nobody to having suddenly having loads of cousins and loads of aunties and uncles and all these family who kind of look like me, it's just mind-blowing, yeah. It's amazing. Was there Uh, an instant connection? Yeah, definitely, yeah. Yeah, definitely an instant connection. I mean, one of my aunties took, took me and Kira around London like for a full day, just talk to us. And my other auntie talked to us for a full day. Mm. And um, it's a very successful family, you know, they're very well-to-do. Um, so, yeah, they've been very welcoming to me since then and it's been very loving and I'm still building the relationships to this day with them. Yeah. So, Marvin, where are you now? What's, what is happening now? I know you have well, a beautiful two-year-old yeah, well, and you're it. married. Yeah, well, no, not quite married, but partners. Um, we, we're looking at something on the cards. Um, we've been together so long now, 15 years. Um, Kara was told many years ago that she couldn't have children. So I've been getting pregnant after 12 years, after me finding out the birth family and she getting pregnant. Just been like a dream. 
yeah, it's been a dream. So anything what's happening now is just living a dream, isn't it? Living mm. a dream. So yeah, I'm just sorry. Yeah. When you look back, does it does it look does it feel like a different life? Does it feel like it was a different person living that life? You know, now that you were oh, yeah. in this does, place. Yeah. It does because after after the crack, um, I started taking legal synthetic highs, which was legal at the time. So I started on them, um, and I got sucked into that for a couple of years. And I, I gave it a lot of people to try. A lot of them people now are dead, so I feel kind of responsible for a lot of people who passed away in that game. So now my life's mission now is to try and educate people into the dangers of drugs, whether that's synthetic or illegal drugs, you know, Um, and about addiction, you know what I mean? And other things around that and abuse as well, because like I say, I was abused as a child. Uh, And I never told anyone for many years. Um, And that's the worst thing really is keeping it to yourself. You can't keep it to yourself. You've got to tell somebody. If any abuse happens to you, I, I hope that you tell straight away as soon as it happens. You know, that's what my life's missing is now. Mm. Yeah. What's do you the feel, biggest lesson you Yeah, have? I mean, do you feel let down by um, society or that there weren't checks in place uh, like well, I, um, for point, you? At one point, I, I did. I was mad at the world. You know, like you say, you can see people walking around mad at the world. I was mad at the world. I didn't feel like it did me any favours. You know what I mean? I I wasn't uh, welcomed very well, was I, to this earth? You know what I mean? Mm. (laughs) So, yeah. Yeah. And now what are your thoughts on it? Now I really embrace people. Um, I'm just starting to build relationships with people and stuff. Yeah. I'm just trying to like, I'm like a, I'm like, it's like I've just opened my mind to like everything new, like things what I didn't know existed and stuff. I'm like, so I'm just really enjoying like learning, educating myself and things new, do you know? Yeah. Like, I feel like you've reached a place of real like acceptance and, you know, even how you're speaking about it now, I'm sure, you know, a few years back, you wouldn't have been able to speak about it as eloquently as you are now. Well, no, when I was a kid, I couldn't even think about it without crying, tell you the truth. Oh. Yeah, I just used to break into tears. It was too hard for like a child of mine to handle. Do you know all that? It's really hard. But mm. even now, I'll tell you the truth, it's still hard to deal with, yeah. Mm. Like, um, I, I still get this quiver in my voice. You know, I can't get rid of it at the minute, yeah. <laughs> um, what do you like when you see kids growing up nowadays uh, who get trapped in a, uh, in addiction and things and abuse and things like that? Um, do you think there is enough being done to to help them? And how do you how do you break out of that that well, cycle? They can never be enough. They can never be enough done. Um, I'm having kids message me um, after the. The lad Bible interview and the bits what I do on Real Porridge podcast with the prison officer Sam. Um, since I've been doing that, um, I've had kids messaging me telling me that they're going through much of the same what I'm, I went through. Do you know what I mean? Mm. A lot of the kids they can't do anything until they're classed as an adult, which is 18, so they're stuck in relationships with people who they're adopted 
by and they're not happy, you know. He felt mm. like I did kind of thing. Because um, I never felt worthy, you know. Although I was told I was a very special child and I was picked because I had like these big shorts, they say ties. Then one hand I was I was chosen because I was special, but on the other hand I was being beaten for like we in the bed and stuff. I never felt like it, 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 I was worthy for this planet. Do you know what I mean? Mm. Well, now I I know uh, like domestic violence with kids and stuff is very hard, but I'd say to children like uh, kids who are going. I'd, are you still there, guys? Yeah, yeah. we're here. Yeah. I'd, I'd say to kids who are uh, suffering like with domestic violence and stuff, I'd say like report it straight away. Like if anyone's trying to get you to join a gang or trying to get you to sway you with like drugs or anything like that, you've got to know yourself. You've got to have this strength within you to know that it's you who runs your life, not nobody else. Do you know what I mean? You're the guide on your own life, yeah. Always people can help you along the way, but it ultimately it's down to you how you present yourself. Do you know what I mean? Mm. Like, I know I've been through so much and I could be such a different person, but I'm such a kind-hearted person and a loving person. Do you know what I mean? Like, so mm. what happens to you doesn't make you, you know? So I know I could have turned into this really horrible, nasty person, but I'm the opposite. Do you know what I mean? So I'd say, <clears throat> I'd say, if if you've anything you've been through, you don't have to become that yourself. You know what I mean? You can change yourself. Yeah. And you can become a better person no matter what you've been through. Cause I did. And if I did it, anyone can do it. That's for certain, you know. Mm. Marvin, on that note, thank you so much for sharing your story. What an incredible story. And it's so good to see that you are now, you know, really helping people who might be going through that as well. Uh, and uh, best yeah. of luck with your with your crazy toddler. Yes, thank you very much. Yeah, <laughs> cheers, guys. Yeah. So I, I do like a lot of visual light now. I just think about things a lot. So uh, check out my Instagram, guys, which is quite cool as well. Loads Tell us pictures. where to go. Lee Marvin Hitchman, that's it. And just get to our Instagram. So that's it. That's it. Yeah, guys. Lee Marvin Hitchman. You'll enjoy the pictures. Nice uh, <laughs> give you something right. to think about. All right, guys. Take care. You're listening to the Room 104 Podcast. FM 104.